Hello and welcome to Fresh Face Comics, the comic book podcast where a lifelong comic book reader guides his friend through the world of comics for the first time. My name is Joey Morgan, the aforementioned lifelong reader. With me as always is Jacob Licklider, the aforementioned newbie. Uh, this episode I will be campaigning for the casting of one Sandy Toxvig as Julia Capitalis in some live-action Wonder Woman project. Alright, I don't know who that is, but alright. Uh, <laughs> uh, host of QI, host of uh, The Great British Bake Off? I, yep, I got nothing. Sorry. Okay, that is a shame. That is a shame. Speaking of Julia, perfect casting. Speaking of Julia Capitalis, we're here to talk about Wonder Woman by George Perez, Volume Two. This being issues fifteen through twenty-four plus Annual Number One, um, in whatever order they're meant to be collected in. There's a very clear spot in the timeline that the annual is supposed to take place in. Um, but yeah, so this is Volume Two of the George Perez Wonder Woman run. Um, at the end of this episode, we'll be finishing off our block of Wonder Woman stories. So uh, stick around to the end of the episode to find out what we're going into next time. I know Jacob's very excited to find out. What I, I have I, I have a string of guesses that I am. I don't think I, I don't think you're particularly confident in any of them. I am not. I'm like this is. <laughs> I don't know. I ha- I think I may have the hero marked down. Okay. I just don't know where. Interesting. We shall see. We shall see. So yes, yeah, so stick around to the end of the episode. Um, in the meantime, before we get into today's episode, uh, as always, thank you all so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. Um, as of right now, I think what we really need to focus on, if you're really into the podcast and you like what you're listening to, uh, be sure to share it around um, and, and and get other people to listen to it. Um, because we're, we're, we're at a great stage of growth right now, and we really want to see that growth continue to expand and um, and reach new audiences as we continue to grow as a podcast and uh, as readers. So, yeah, and, and, and on what we're reading, you know, we're, we're expanding into new territory. Um, the next couple episodes are definitely a showcase of that sort of new things that we're uh, delving into. So, yeah, be sure to stick around for that and be sure to share the podcast around it really does mean a lot uh i guess let's get uh right into this with uh, wonder woman by george perez volume two uh non-spoiler section first as always jacob what is this collection of stories about so this is very much a reaction to the end of volume one uh, where volume one was 14 issues of two very closely interconnected stories volume two goes a bit more episodic uh, mm-hmm. There's still connections. It's still all very well tied together. Um, and it's very much, one, I think it's, it's Perez realizing, oh, now I'm writing an ongoing. Because I have I have the feeling that he was originally just writing 14 issues of a series that he loved and he thought I he think, might I think initially point. he was slated for only like the first year, maybe, of, of the run and then just sort of kept going with it for a really long time. Yes, I think didn't one of the one of the new Teen Titans introductions say that that I he was like only on, only on for a year and then the year after that he just kept signing on again and again because he loved doing he just, it. He just kept going and at this point, like after a couple issues in Volume Two, Len Wayne is gone scripting and it's yeah. all Perez. Yeah, the um, entirety of of uh, of the issues from that point are, are scripted, drawn, or at least laid out by Perez. Um, so it really does become his baby entirely. This is this is his baby. Um, it also, it, uh, it actually takes the time. Let's actually focus on quite a bit on Diana, how she's been growing in man's world and how that uh, affects things. Um, and really exploring the idea of what it means to be an ambassador um, and how that affects Diana and her relationships with others. Uh, all, all this very nice through line. Um, and it leaves it, at a, it, it ends up leaving it at a very, very nice sort of spot. Um, 
for the volume um dealing with you know the human side and then the olympian side um mm -hmm. the last couple issues especially deal with the olympian side of things um, and then there's this issue in the middle that deals with uh the human side of things um i'll also say at this point you um perez makes some decisions one decision in particular that i love I, I was lucky enough not to have it spoiled. Yeah, I, I remember I told you because because you ordered both volumes at the same time, and I was I happened to be in the middle of my volume two reread at the time, and I was like, Jacob, whatever you do, just like because there's a table of contents at the beginning of volume two, I was like, just don't look at the title of of, of issue twenty, please. Um, I want that to be a surprise, and uh, and it was. I I, I could tell because because I woke up the next one morning and you were like, like is is this is this for real? Like is this actually happening? Um, and what made it worse is. I could not read the issue that day. I was just really <laughs> busy that day. Yeah. So I had to like, whole week, wait a whole extra day to read this one, yeah, to read issue 20. Um, I would also say, so so I will say, it's it's really hard to rank these two volumes. Like, yeah. I it's mean, difficult. I mean, yeah, one of our Twitter questions is about, you know, how we compare the two volumes. And, like, it's hard. It's hard to do. Um uh, I think I like the volume two slightly more, mm -hmm. but they're about the same just in terms of quality, just because of how much, um, how much they do a lot of, a lot of similar things as well as understanding, understanding how to transition from this, uh, this idea of Perez telling one story to creating an ongoing. Yeah. Um, um, I do want to get into our first Twitter question since I brought it up already. Um, our friend Mason at the GD256 says, yet again, I know nothing of the source material, but Jacob is bullying me into asking questions. I did not bully him. I asked politely if he would ask something. Uh, number one, how does this volume compare to the first? So we started touching on this a bit. Um, overall, for me, I, I, it is really tough to decide between the two because they are doing two very different things. Um, I think... Overall, I think two wins out just a little bit for me, if for nothing else, just the sheer quality of issue 20. Issue um, 20. I'd also say the first two issues of this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do really like that story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's really... I mean, also, also, that's the one that directly ties into issue 20, so... Yes. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it's uh yeah, it's it's a very strong volume altogether. And, and we talked, you know, for nearly three hours last time on how great volume one is. Um, but I think this one just just edges it just a little bit. Yes. Um, Mason's second question reads, uh, do you imagine any specific voice actors slash cele celebrities when you read the dialogue for these characters? So um so I, get, I imagine Julia Capitalis as Sandy Toxvig, who... As as you have already mentioned. Which I'm surprised um, you don't know who she is, Joey. I, um, I feel like I should, but I I don't. She was in one audio drama. She was in Red. Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah, I, don't remember, was, I don't remember enough about Red to... Yeah. Uh, um, well, really after this, you can look up you can look up who she is, because she's, she's got that sort of posh British, mm. um, like, like, air about her, and but also this motherly feel. Gotcha. Um, so um cool but yeah uh i mean for me i know i have just a bit more experience of like wonder woman voice actors than you do but uh but as far as diana as a character i mean it, it's susan eisenberg it's gotta be i don't know if you've had any susan eisenberg content yet have you i i really haven't um that's that's crazy because that's like the wonder woman voice i mean i, I do love other 
voice actresses as well. You know, I I, I love um, Rosario Dawson from from the DC see, animated movie see, universe. It was Dawson with, who, whose voice I was hearing, but that's mm. because I mean I, she's re- she's really great as the character. Yeah. I love her. Um, also, we've been we've been doing stuff with her voice for a long time since like the Death of Superman episodes. Yes. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, she's great. Uh, what's her name? Carrie Russell from the 2009 movie. She's really good. And um, but yeah, Susan Eisenberg, it's got to be, you know, I mean, fr- from the animated universe. And uh, I I've played Injustice so many times that, that it's Susan Eisenberg, like she's there the whole time, too. So that's awesome. But, uh, but yeah, it's Susan Eisenberg for me. Um, other characters, eh, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, I don't think I have anything specific in mind for for a lot of them. Um, how about you? Anyone other than, uh, other than uh, so, Julia? So that's the hard part. I've, I have a, I have a vibe for Mindy Mayer, but I don't have a specific actress. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like, I think also for, uh, Vanessa, I think I have a, a fair few ideas in my head. Yeah. I've like vibes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just not, um, it's, it's hard to come down. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess if we're talking movie actors, um, I guess Steve Trevor for me is usually Chris Pine. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Pine mixed with a bit of Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Nathan Fillion's great in that film. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, and then over to our last Twitter question, because we didn't get too many for this episode, which honestly isn't is never a bad thing, but we do like engagement. Uh Jamie at Jamie underscore season seven says, What do you think of Len Wein as a scripter? Um we talked about this a bunch last time, and he's not here for too much of this volume, but Jacob. Very tight and yeah. punchy. And mm-hmm. that's important for comics. Like I yeah, think he... for as much as I prefer a lot of this volume to volume one. I think, I think overall, um, Len Wayne's scripts are a bit are a bit stronger than the Perez scripts, and I think a lot of that's just because Perez is being um, uh, is, is 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 just doing so much. He's he's mm-hmm. doing he's doing a lot, um, and it's good, but it it suffers. Oh, um, I also you know what I have a cast for Cersei. Oh, okay, Miranda Otto. Ooh, okay, cool, 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 cool. That's great. Hmm. You know, actually, that is one thing that, that I like that I like about, about this volume compared to the first one. Um, I mean, you know, you ask anyone on the street, you know, their 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 favorite Wonder Woman villains, or at least what Wonder Woman villains they know, it's always like Ares or Cheetah. This I love for the showcase of Wonder Woman villains throughout this. So being like Cersei, um, uh, Silver Swan, she's wow. there. Um, there are a lot of great characters that show up throughout this, and um, Wonder Woman like has a great rogues gallery that a lot of people don't know about. So I like that this expands upon they just, that. They just don't get exposure. You get the cheetah and Ares, and that's if it. You're, if you're lucky, yeah, yeah. Hell, I mean, the second live action Wonder Woman film, you chose Cheetah and someone who's. Who is usually a Wonder Woman villain, but mostly a Justice League villain altogether? Um, I was gonna say, wasn't wasn't that character like an Infinite Crisis thing happening? Yeah, and that's how he became a villain, or, or yeah, something. yeah. Maxwell Lord is like typically just like an overall Justice League villain, you know. Um, so yeah, so like Wonder Woman has a great Rogues Gallery that people don't talk about a lot. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to get into those in this discussion. Yes, um, I'll also say, unlike Volume One, there isn't that terrible case of. Uh, Sexual assault brought in. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Perez just is like, oh, we're just gonna drop that and uh not 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 I mean not... I mean Heracles is still here. Heracles <laughs> is here, but he's here considerably less. <laughs> I just I love the way you worded that. <laughs> that was the one thing that was keeping keeping volume one from being perfect. Like 
just that entire plot line mm-hmm. just just coming kind of out of nowhere and being also ju- just on well. a uh, just on a collection thing um volume two definitely ha- chose the better cover of uh between oh, volumes one and two yeah like yeah I really love the volume two cover. I also just love the re-inked, recolored version of the of it, of it that's on here. Um, I mean, I do like the original. You see the original. I think it's what issue twenty two's cover. Yeah, something it's... like that. Um, and the original is great too. But I really like the re-inking and recoloring here. Um, it's really nice. And it stands out on the shelf. I also, I want, I love the design of of these collections as well. Um, mm-hmm. With the very, very like. I just like the spines too. How they how they line oh, yeah, up on the, the shelf. Yeah. yeah, the spines are really nice. Um, it's, so yeah, if you're, if you're going to collect the George Perez Wonder Woman run, get these collections. Um, they will all be linked down in the description. You can go check those out. Yes. Um, they're always great. So yeah. So yes, and it's it's a it's a solid run. Like, mm-hmm. and, and this is this is only the first third of it. Like, yeah. So I'm, it's it's a run. A lot I'm more to get into excited. eventually. Obviously, we won't be continuing next time. But you know, there there's so much more to this run, and uh, I'm, I'm think... excited. I'm excited to continue. Yeah. So I guess that does it for our non-spoiler section. I think that's our, our most like succinct, well put together non-spoiler section. Yes, <laughs> that's I, really, that I was really my, nice. Actually, I had my thoughts and I got them out there. All right. Uh, consider this now spoiler territory. We're getting into spoilers for Wonder Woman Volume 2. This will be, once again, issues 15 through 24 and the first annual. Um, There's a lot of really great stuff in here that you definitely do not want spoiled for yourself, so do check out these books. Um, Also, if if you'd like uh, to see what we're doing next time, now's your chance to either check the description or go uh to the, skip end to the end of the yeah skip to the end of the, of the episode. episode you can find out what we're reading because usually jacob's reactions to these things are always super fun so <laughs> um yeah so go check those out uh all right let's get into this with wonder woman number 15 um so what did you make of the cover <laughs> i was like okay what are we doing is yeah. this this is this is an interesting design. Um, and then so it gets even and then it gets even weirder when you open up and you see the first two pages. <laughs> yeah, we open up with silence, uh, some birds flying, a, a, um, a, I can't tell if it's a goose or a swan. Um, Something. Probably a swan heading into a lake. Diana on a horse, lightning crashing. She flies in the sky and suddenly superman <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great opening um so i i really want to know your thoughts on this what did you make of the idea that wonder woman and superman was an idea pre-dandadio <laughs> uh, well it had to come from somewhere didn't it it did yeah definitely i mean yeah, the, it, it, the more and more i think the more and more I, the more and more i learn about these ideas that didio has the more and more i think he's just stealing from other ideas that other people had <laughs> and that didn't take off but but red nightwing is a is a very unique kind of terrible sure um, yeah so. <laughs> well not as not as terrible as uh apparently giving him amnesia and trying to write him out as nightwing altogether Look, I mean, I don't, I don't hate Grayson. It's written by Tom. Oh, no, King. no, I'm talking about Rick Grayson. Oh, okay. the second time he did it. Yep, that's right. <laughs> you are correct. But we don't need to go on a Dan DiDio rant. But this is this is a <laughs> this is 1980s George Perez writing Wonder Woman. Yes. Um, um, so in this, uh, so we learned this is a dream. Uh, Diana and Superman almost kiss in the dream, and Diana wakes up and realizes that she is she has feelings for Superman, or at least something resembling feeling feelings, because she hasn't really felt this before. Um, yes. She only knows of Superman mostly as an idea. She she's met him very briefly, um, but doesn't know much about him. 
and uh, uh, she she has a she has a, she, she has a, a copy of the Daily Planet, and I love that on the cover of the Daily Planet is the Superman logo. <laughs> I always like that when, when like the in, when like the the title logo is an in universe logo too. <laughs> yes, um, but it frightens her, and that leads us into our title page, Swan Song, um, uh, and this is. Uh, okay, so so what's interesting about the credits at this point is that uh, Perez did, I think, did the inks for the first four pages, mm-hmm. or the first three pages, and then Bruce Patterson uh, finished, which is uh, just, just you, you can't tell the difference because Patterson ink, Patterson's inking is actually really good. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it, it was great in volume one, and it pairs really nicely with uh, with Perez's inking. Yeah. Uh, but we are we are in Boston. Uh, where we where we see a mysterious man um, behind a computer screen um, accessing something to do with Silver Swan, um, uh, a security a security guard comes in, is ready to shoot, and he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, um, and uh, this man escapes uh, elsewhere in Boston. Um, we are preparing for a Wonder Woman presentation. Um, uh, a Wonder is, Woman fair. Yes, uh, this is being set up by uh, by Mindy Mayer, of course, and uh, with the help of one Skeeter Larue. Skeeter um, Larue. <laughs> uh, so this, like, it, it's very, uh, it's it's great to to look back on this now, and you know, to see this character is just like a fun little like side thing. You know, he he's he's, he's comedic relief. You know, he's just kind of there. He has phonetically written. Uh, like uh, this phonetically written horrible country accent. <laughs> I think it's um, supposed to, it's supposed to be like southern, southern, because he's um, from yeah. Georgia. Yeah, um, I swear, th- I swear, this here Georgia boy is gonna eat his portfolio. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, great, <laughs> great to look back on him now, knowing what eventually comes of his character. Um, but yeah, so uh, he is a. Uh, uh, he's helping Mindy set up this whole fair. Um, they have this giant Wonder Woman. Uh, uh, What's well, it's not a statue? Is it just like, what? A it's, giant... it's like a. It's a giant poster slash painting. Perfect. Because they are like walking over it, um, and it's nice. It's this idea of oh, we're gonna have a fair to celebrate Wonder Woman, um, and we we find out that one of his assistants um, is basically letting himself be walked all over. Um, which is quite sad. Um, but more on that later. More on that later. Uh, meanwhile, in Chinatown, a, a woman called Valerie uh, it, it was sent a note to meet someone in Chinatown in the middle of the night near like a phone bo- a phone booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and a car smashes in trying to kill her. She runs away. Um, and basically, uh, you know, is cornered in an alley by this guy and is fired upon. And that's all we see. Meanwhile, uh, Diana is once again naked in the woods, as you do. And uh... interestingly, the way Perez draws it is not really for fan service. No, no. It's, like, it's, it's it's fairly tasteful. Yeah. Yes. Um but yeah, uh, a sleepy Vanessa comes out uh, to join her, um, and 
I just I fucking Vanessa's dialogue sometimes. Um, she like sneaks up on Diana, um, and Diana goes, "Vanessa," and Vanessa goes, "Well, it, well, it sure ain't Madonna." Like, I, I love it. I love it. Vanessa's just a character that you just like because yeah, she's, she's a teenager. She's a kid. Well, I especially uh, like some of the things they do with her in this volume. They're very fun. Um, but yeah, so uh, they uh, they go back inside together. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in Massachusetts, um, this lady was not killed. Um, now, this is not Vanessa, because Vanessa was the one that told her to come out there. What, what's, what's this one's name? This is Valerie. This is Val. Or sorry, not, not Vanessa. Sorry, I'm um, Valerie. No, no, I thought Valerie was... Uh, Wait, no, what? Valerie is. This is... Uh, no, this is... Uh, so, so this is where it gets a little complicated, because this is also a plot of a, a bounty hunter called Solomon Kitra being... Uh, tasked to kill people um as you do as you do um yeah but someone was hired uh to kill her um uh, her name is maxine uh sternenbuck which is uh, yeah stern sternenbuck stern sternenbuck I don't know. <laughs> it sounds German. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyway, but yeah, so she's uh, she's waiting to meet up with a friend of hers named Valerie, who um, who's like a, who's a pen pal of hers. Um, they've been talking to each other for a long time, um, and they're they're going to meet up apparently. Um, but they've actually met before, uh, so we learned through these flashbacks that after they met, um, uh, but, been... but well, first first she got stood up um, and, and disappeared, mm-hmm. and then they eventually met. Yeah, where what Valerie was with her. Uh, Valerie wouldn't send a picture. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but but when she actually meets Valerie, is this uh, her? Uh, uh, she's with. Uh, uh, do, they, do they say who this guy is to her? The, uh, they do. Uh, I... in, yeah, it's an industrialist. Um, the the guy who basically owns her, essentially. <clears throat> Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, because she is beautiful. And, oh, this is the late 80s. So Perez is, you know, commenting on certain aspects of the late 1980s and yeah. diet culture. And you'll yeah, see so that this, this industrious uh, sort, sort of kicks um, uh, Maxine out. Um, but they, they, they end up meeting on the slide, uh, on the sly. Uh, but they don't talk about, they don't talk about uh, her handler shall we say um and she you know maxine just has to wonder you know what sort of hold that this man has over her um and then she asks maxine to to meet her in chinatown and solomon shows a picture of valerie boudry and it is not human it is no it it is not (laughs) it is ugly um incredibly ugly uh and then he shows her a tape, um, a silent tape uh, of his father, uh, of her, of her father, um, in f- fear for his life, um, attacked by um, uh, by the Silver Swan, um, which we'll see in we'll see in full later. But mm-hmm. and here, you know, there's just she screams and the tape goes to static. Yes. Um... 
Meanwhile, we go back to her uh, 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 handler, I guess. Yes. Uh, Henry Car- Henry Cobb Armbruster is his name. <laughs> Which is, Perez comes up with some great double-barreled names. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so uh, um, Henry is told of the Wonder Woman fair. Um, and he's going to deal with the so-called Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, smoking on his cigar. You know, we get a bit of, bit of a weird scene. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to feel about this scene. Um, I... Yeah, it feels a bit odd. Of, of Steve Trevor tracking Etta Candy's weight loss. Um, I think... I think the idea... Is... Is that Etta's the one who wants to lose weight? Yeah. Well, I would imagine, yeah. But it's out of... It's a little bit out of jealousy, and it doesn't entirely work. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's it's a small scene. Anyway, um, uh, we're now at the Wonder Woman Fair. Um, Steve is there. He meets up with uh, these uh, Vanessa and these kids that go to her school, uh, namely Barry, who... Um, who fuck are... Barry. <laughs> Barry's a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Barry, yeah. Barry, is, Barry is a child who is basically trying to, you know, get in Vanessa's good graces so he can meet Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And basically ogle Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and what's interesting is that, you know, uh, there's uh, also a, a sequence at the fair um, of people, you know, arguing uh, kind of about, you know, is this fair really the right thing to do? Because, you know, this money could be spent doing better things. Meanwhile, we have Wonder Woman arrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like when Perez draws her with the cape. Yes. Very nice way to draw her. It, it's, and it just adds to it. And it's it's an entire half page. You see the crowd. Um, she flies in. She's doing this sort of presentation. Um, but then the silver swan attacks. Um, and um, what was it? Solomon and uh, Maxine are watching as it all goes on. The silver swan attacks. Um, comes in. Got- People of Boston, beware. I am the silver swan. Obey my commands without hesitation or my swan song will be the death of you. Um, and uh, this guy comes in and holds a gun to Solomon's head. Uh, meanwhile, Wonder Woman attempts to um, subdue Silver Swan, but Silver Swan, without this, like, I guess, Black Canary type creed. Yeah. Uh, the, the idea is that she has, you know, a hypersonic voice that yeah. can destroy a Ferris wheel. And the oh, cliffhanger oh. of the issue is uh, this Ferris wheel crumbling and falling down and everything Breaking going to hell. Um, but that brings us to Wonder Woman number 16, um, with a very busy cover. <laughs> a very, but it, it's a cover that works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, yeah, this uh, is Bird of Paradise, Bird of Prey. Bird of Prey. Um, so, yeah, uh, same team as the last one, I think, right? Uh, or no, yes. actually, no, Bob Smith is on inks this time. Yes, and I think I think that was the last Bruce Patterson inks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might do something for the annual, but at least last regular. Uh, this is the point where they start to really switch out the inkers quite yeah. a bit um which is not a bad decision but it's it's interesting enough uh, mm-hmm. but yes the ferris wheel is crashing down Wonder Woman uh, holds up the ferris wheel she she starts to save her, everybody she saves um, everyone gets things to the ground um people start trying to just just fire on the silver swan yeah uh, um as the silver swan begins to make her escape um she starts to fly away. Wonder Woman puts the Ferris wheel down to safety. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, we learn that um, that uh, Cobb has been, or Henry Cobb has been uh, 
uh, been like giving commands to the Silver Swan this entire time. He's basically forcing her, uh, triggering bits of the transformation, um, like increasing it to level three to try to destroy the entire area. And mm. yeah, the uh, the entire fairground is is blown away. Mm-hmm. They don't make any mention of casualties, but I gotta imagine there are a lot of deaths here. <laughs> Death's an extreme hearing loss. <laughs> right, at the very least. At the very least. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Silver Swan then escapes um, at the command of Henry, of course. With a dramatic villain exit. Uh, of course. Uh, and everyone, if you just walk, watch on in horror, uh, well, Diana can is going to try, but more importantly, she's just trying to, she's at this point just trying to save the people uh, caught in the crossfire. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and some people think, you know, uh, some people think, uh, that, you know, it's, it's Wonder Woman was just taking in the admiration, uh, some sometimes they're going to sue the mayor agency <clears throat> and Wonder Woman, uh, 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 meanwhile, it seems like Skeeter LaRue is making, is, is trying to make a swift escape. He's just trying to get out of there at this point. Yeah. Very, he's... very, very nervous by the, uh, the display. Um, but yeah, uh, Silver Swan has officially escaped at this point. Uh, then Solomon begins to try to go after her. He um, he takes aim with it's it's a crossbow, right? It looks like a crossbow. It's, it's a crossbow sniper. That's fucking insane. I love it. Um, <laughs> Solomon is just the weirdest inclusion in this issue, and I love him. He's he's great. I, and he um, he's basically just a Perez creation because you needed a you needed a bounty hunter type character. Yeah. So uh, uh, Solomon takes fire. Um, Wonder Woman saves the Silver Swan by deflecting the arrow, and um, Silver Swan retaliates. She um she she knocks uh, she knocks down the tree that Solomon is hiding in. Uh, Wonder Woman goes after Silver Swan. Then there's a great sort of a battle in the air here between yes. the two of them. It's very, uh, very well drawn. You know, a, a beautiful beautiful flight. Um, and this whole idea, and and she's still having orders basically barked at her through, um, through the earpiece, and mm-hmm. Diana ends up taking a tumble, um, into Boston Harbor, um, and Silver Swan just screams into the water, uh, into a concentrated beam that Diana manages to avoid. Mm-hmm. She gets back up again, um, realizes that you know the moment between the screams is when she's most vulnerable, so she strikes throwing her tiara at silver swan uh, uh, using it like a boomerang cl- clipping off like a, a part of her her one wing and um she uh she didn't smother silver swan with her cape um and uh silver swan breaks through with another blast of, of her sonic screech um uh sending diana away and uh and silver swan washes up on the shore it seems <clears throat> uh so in a completely different part of boston um, and 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 Diana just just lands in a historical, uh, basically his historical reimagining of of, of a pilgrim village, um, which is a, a, an interesting, which is an inter- nice image and a nice little bit of world building because this is supposed to be Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but she goes to find, um, uh, she goes uh, to find Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this nice little scene where we actually follow up on uh, on Challenge of the Gods, um, where we talk about the gun. The gun. Which, um, uh, which Diana, did, I, I don't actually recall them establishing that Diana held on to the gun that uh, 
Diana Trevor gave to her. I think they did. I, I don't recall. I, I'm, I'm sure it happened. I, I just don't recall. Yeah. It. Um, but he, he gives Steve the gun, which is really nice. And we're really just more establishing that Steve and Diana's relationship is like a brother-sister dynamic, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there are two characters that I think can go either way. Um, I You know, for me, I always default to them being a couple, but I can go either way. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, we're reporting on, on the attack at the fair. Um, while uh, while Maxine... Uh, uh, you know, uh, weeps for her for her lost friendship, um, flying out of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then Ms. we get the last scene of this issue, which is called Prologue, which I'm sure you're you're at least a little pissed about because much like Challenge of the Gods, part of this story isn't actually part of these issues. No, um, is this is this another event? It, it not 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 an event, um, but it crossed over with either two or three Superman titles at the time. So, so, so um, so we get a scene here. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second, but we get a scene here where, um, Vanessa's upset that, uh, that Barry likes Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. So Diana comes into, uh, to talk to her and, um, and basically says that she has feelings for Superman. And Vanessa's yeah. very excited about this. <laughs> Vanessa is, is, is such a, just a dorky teenager. I love it. Yeah, yeah, because in her mind, she's like, well, if Diana likes Superman, then that means that she just, that she can't like Barry. And that, you know, <laughs> like, I love She's that. like, Vanessa, she wouldn't like Barry. <laughs> you shouldn't like Barry. Barry's a dick. <laughs> I love it. Um, also, something we never we never commented on. I don't think it showed up before this. Um, but uh, I know at least said Nessie's room. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> It says Nessie's room. It's a picture of the Loch Ness monster. monster. And I just, I like that. I, was, these characters need to be adapted into live action. Yeah. Shall we? Um, absolutely. But yeah, so we send Diana away. Diana goes to uh, to talk to Mindy Mayer, who begins to set up a meeting with Superman because she just yeah. wants to actually get to know him. Um, and we get this really great scene where um where uh, where Mindy calls up Clark Kent and um, asks him to put Superman on the phone, and then Superman goes to talk to Diana. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's adorable. I, I love the way Mindy's so just strange. drawn with this smile, like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> like, happy it's for so her nice. friend. It's so nice. I love it. Um, yeah, just brilliant. Um, but yeah, so uh, we end on uh, a scene of Hermes uh, witnessing destruct- general destruction <laughs> in Olympus. Of Olympus, yeah. which will become a thing later. Which takes, us into, which takes us into Wonder Woman number 17. Um, before we talk about that, I do want to m- briefly mention um, uh, the Superman crossover that happened. Uh, so it was a crossover with a little bit of the main Superman title at like the very end of it led into this. But it was mostly a, uh, an issue of, Advent- of Adventures of Superman and an issue of Action Comics, I believe. Um it crossed over with those two. Um, that was where the actual meeting between Diana and Superman actually happened. Um, there's a whole thing with Darkseid there and some references to the Greek gods that do get mentioned throughout these remaining issues in the collection. So I didn't that. miss it as much. I, honestly, like... I mean, it, I mean it, they, ca- they catch you up just fine. Yeah. Just it wasn't day. as bad as the Millennium crossover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, absolutely just starting a story and then cutting to the end of that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's nice enough. Um luckily at least I think those issues are like st- still in print and collected in that uh, in those hardcovers for the John Byrne Superman run. Okay, um, well, that's good. I think 
I think honestly, I talked to my one comic shop owner. I think he has those issues, so I might pick those up soon. In just um, in just single issue form. Yeah, I, I may as well. I mean, honestly, I I just want to read those couple issues. So yes. anyway, so, um, so yeah, we open up uh, number seventeen now. Uh, I really like the cover of this one. The all the silhouettes there. All the silhouettes. Very yes. nice. Um, this story is called Traces. Um, get a nice little opening monologue here, or inner monologue, or just I don't know. It's it is monologue narration. <laughs> Narration. <laughs> Narration. Um, because uh, this is, uh, well, this is the first time George Perez is also scripting. Yes. So I, I, I remember reading up on this issue, and uh, there was a little story that the editor on this one, um, Karen Berger, that's it, um, Karen Berger read the initial script to Wonder Woman number 17. And told George Perez to rewrite the entire like first nine or ten pages because they just weren't any good apparently. Um, uh, you know, I I could, I could imagine that. Uh, yeah, like, like Perez, I imagine hasn't written hadn't written much at that point at all. Like let alone like full scripts for issues yeah, that he's I mean, also drawing. You know? Yeah, he was he. Was, I mean, at this point, he was you know probably you know working with Marv Wolfman on on Titans and obviously then Crisis on Infinite Earths together, and and he had plots up in there, but he wasn't writing those scripts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah just yeah it's man was busy man was busy so it makes sense that he'd uh he would fall short a couple times yeah um, the art doesn't suffer no the art is always fantastic uh, uh, also this issue is inked by dick giordano who mm-hmm. is kind of a, he's a name who's popped up before yeah um, yeah um also forgot to mention it before but uh speaking of names that have popped up before on the on the podcast um we do get some brian boland art this time we do, we'll mention, we do. yeah we'll mention it when we get to it of course but uh, i mean not there's not much of it but uh but it's nice well, to see that. there is great yeah. uh anyway but yeah traces we open up uh etta candy brings a letter to diana or no not a letter uh, a passport passport that's it jesus christ because they are because uh, diana julia and vanessa are getting ready for a trip to greece yeah they're going to greece oh. um yeah, it's just a nice little setup yes. for this. Um, uh, Etta and Diana talk about their insecurities, um, which I, I I think it's nice. It's 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 a nice bit of dialogue establishing, you know, that there isn't really any animosity or jealousy between these two women because it would have been really easy for Perez to set up a love triangle and mm-hmm. make it terrible, but yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, upstairs. Vanessa is on the phone with her friend, uh, with her friend Eileen, you know, informed like, you know, Diana loves Superman. I've got Barry. Eileen it has uh, more than one brain cell functioning. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, I uh, said, you know, God, how blind can you be? Honestly, when Barry sees that he can't get to woman, Wonder Woman through you, well, don't say I didn't warn you. And she's, um. tr- she's trying to be a good friend. Um, but, you know, Vanessa's just in love, in, in dumb teenage love. Yeah. Um, but um, but Diana get, uh, calls Vanessa down. Um, they all begin to prepare for their trip for Greece. Um, yes. Yeah, that's that's about it. Um, oh, what, well, oh that, that's it. Then um, a, a pigeon brings a uh, a very small letter for Diana from uh, from Themyscira. Um, uh, and we get an explanation for the language, but I think is really cool that it's like, pictograms that mean that you can get the exact meeting in a very small uh uh a small you know space and like one character can mean the equivalent of like 20 words which i i think that's a cool idea Mm -hmm. and perez is smart not trying to actually show it because 
that would have to construct an entire language. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, she reads this letter. They get on their way. Um, they begin their trip. It's a letter from her mother uh, that, you know, all is well. Uh, but it seems that our the, the uh, their oracle's psychic bond with the gods uh, seems um, seems to seems to have been become silent, um, and you know it's just it's just you know checking are are you okay is everything okay you know um, you know we're uh, you know they they stud they 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 you know are calling out to her um, asking for help. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, and basically just asking, you know, just 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 get an update, basically, yeah. which is which is nice. Um, yeah, we uh, we arrive at the airport. Um, uh, everyone goes on board as Diana sends the pigeon away, um, and, uh, and that, that, that's about it. Then we cut over to Olympus, um, where we see that everything is in ruins and chaos and whatever, um, and uh, and it, it's just a big scene of, uh, of the gods like c- complaining about about the attack that has happened recently um so this is obviously something also that we missed uh in the superman issues yes um, well because there's also just the image of dark side yeah yeah and it's like oh yeah so so i i was just imagining oh this is this is there's there's a there's a there's a dark there's a there's an issue of something with dark side mm-hmm. that... which i imagine is really cool in the original because you know just this dichotomy of you know greek gods versus the new gods and all that um i don't know i just think that's a cool idea but yeah um yeah i don't know i, I really want to read those issues anyway so <laughs> uh it eventually comes down to hermes deciding to uh to depart as uh, as as the gods basically argue um you know about you know about you know do they need that the, the, they need to be worshipped and um and you know, as a, do they? They all need to, you know, have their place as gods, and uh, that's basically where it ends. It's basically where it ends. This plot thread will be picked up on later. Yeah, much later. Much later. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that we missed, uh, Diana is pondering on her uh, on her meeting with Superman. Um, uh, in, uh, in her in her mind, she says, um, in, "In my confusion, I'd imagine perhaps Superman to be like a god. Perhaps my expectations were too high." Yet I thought we would have more in common than just unique powers. All my desire to, is to teach and inspire humanity to embrace peace. He seems to relish his role as of enforcer and guard for society. I respect him too much to publicly express my disappointment. I just pray that he understands that. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, it's... especially the line about him relishing his role of enforcer. Guard, yes. Enforcer, no. Yeah. I mean... Guard is in protector. I, yeah, yeah, definitely. I the, mean, the word choice is definitely not I mean, doing. The I mean, character. part of me, part of me is you know keeps in mind that I I'm one of those people that actually likes the idea that Superman can have very human flaws. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think Enforcer is a little bit too much, especially for this sort of mainland portrayal of Superman. Enforcer also makes him sound like a cop. Like yeah. Yeah, and, and and that just rubs me the wrong way. Superman is not a cop. Yeah, um, like I mean, there are literal space cops in the DC universe, and you want to pin that on Superman? No, no. Like, no. You know, like, so you know, and all, and even then, the literal space cops in the DC universe are continually called out for how corrupt they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
it's not it's not it's <laughs> Just, not yeah you know it, it's it's the whole point of that that green lantern block that we did anyway um moving on so yes yeah, so we land in greece um people are there to greet them because you know actual actual person from greek mythology here um versus greek mythology um and I, I i love sort of again how how much this issue in particular starts to uh really play around with like the family aspect mm-hmm. as well like um because you know julia's with her fan her family who are still in greece and you know that's that's who they're going to meet and it's like the entire sequence of the landing and just getting off the plane is great Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you have, uh, you know, a, you know, a close family friend of Julia's, uh, st- stab, st- fuck, I don't know Greek names. <laughs> I, I would, it's Stavros. Stavros. I, I wanted to say Stavros. That, I mean, that, like, that, that's how I was reading it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, just. They have, you know, a lot of fun. I love, I love the mother's daughter dynamic between Julia and Vanessa here, mm-hmm. where Julia speaks and it's like, oh, in, in Greek, baby, oh, never mind. Um, um, meanwhile, there's this guy watching to the side. Um, he looks very nervous. He says, uh, he thinks to himself, uh, she's too well guarded, but I have to reach her to talk to her to warn her. As this sort of demonic looking cat watches her in a, in a, a sil- bird sil- is watching a silhouetted her from a tree. Um, it's, it's very yeah. creepy. Yeah, um, and there's some really nice juxtaposition with just like a brass band playing for the arrival because you know you roll out the red carpet for mm-hmm. someone from Greek mythology showing up. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, back in Boston, uh, we catch up with Mindy Mayer. Um, and I want I want to know what you made of this scene, not knowing what was coming. I was like, oh, part of it's like, oh no, her her mask is is cracking, mm. like. She yeah. needs some self-care because she's lashing out to those around her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a character that, like, I really shouldn't have fallen in love with, but I did. Like, yeah, yeah, she's great. She's yeah, she's so great, and um, especially given what's coming, um, I love her even more. But yeah, anyway, um, yeah. So uh, once again, we see. Um, uh, we go back to Greece. We see this mysterious figure with very long nails holding a, a gold chalice, it seems. Um, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, a, a Grecian cup. Um, you know, if the princess does violate your domain, then we shall deliver her to you in pieces. <laughs> um, this I swear by the soul of Hecate. And then, ooh, what, what does this mean? Um, <laughs> which I, I I'm going to say it. I forgot. You know, because this is Greek mythology inspired, we have the whole of Greek mythology to draw upon, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. So I, I, I didn't, I didn't realize who was going to be the villain. Oh, okay, cool. Because um, I was just like, ooh, ooh, new villain. This is this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously not going to be Cheetah again because why would it? Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, the next oh. morning. Uh, uh, the uh, the Acropolis, I guess this is uh, Acropolis. Acro- okay, fuck, fuck, fuck it! I'm gonna fucking kill you, Jacob. Anyway, so, so, so this is um, it's the ruins of the Parthenon uh, in Athens. Okay, okay, fuck it, whatever. Um, anyway, so <laughs> so um, uh, Diana and the Capitalises uh, go, uh come to visit the what is it? Acropolis. Acropolis, yeah. Acropolis. Um, it literally means like <laughs> city on a hill, I think. Okay, then can we uh, just say that? We can call it that. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, um, they all visit here. Um, there's a lot of great like inner monologue here about uh, what seeing all this means to Diana. It's very cool. Um, they go to vis- visit a bunch of other places. You you want to read them off? I hear I, I could do this one. Hill of the Muses. There we go. I could do that one. Yeah. What is this? Hephaestion. Okay, I didn't do too bad on that one. Yeah. Herayon. Herayon. And the Temple of Apollo in Delphi or Delphi. Okay, I could have done that one. Yeah. Oh, and Lesbos. Is that Lesbos? Yes. yes, I got it. Yes, haha. Yes. <laughs> anyway. uh, where Sappho comes from. Cool. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, so we visit all those places. Um, we go out to the something sea. Ionials. Yeah, I, I, Ionian. I think that's an N that for some reason looks like an. That is lettered weird. to also look like an L. That's weirdly lettered. Huh. Yeah, that's John Costanza. You did a weird thing with your N there. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, um, they're on, out on this boat. They're traveling the waters. Um, meanwhile, that mysterious long-nailed hand um, is, uh, is is looking at Diana through this like uh, almost like crystal ball thing. And, and um, it, you know what? This feels kind of like a horror movie a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you could do something really cool with this, especially with like the island of Cersei and all that. Like that. Yeah. Like, there, there, there's there's some cool stuff you could do here. I mean, hell, I just flipped to the next cover. Like that's a fucking horror movie cover. Um. Anyway, so meanwhile on the ship, um, uh, through all this, uh, Diana, uh, falls, collapses, because uh, she faints. Um, and uh, we'll uh, pick up on that next time. Meanwhile, uh, on this island, uh, out across the waters, um, it's peaceful. There's a bunch of sheep. And you think, and you think, you think it's sheep. What could go wrong? You know, some shepherds are called away. They find a body that's been torn apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like there's there's no wolf track. There's only us and our sheep. And mm-hmm. we zoom in on a single sheep with a glowing red eye, which, which is, is a so... fucking terrifying image. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to the cover of the next issue, which is number eighteen, and like, my God, look at that. Like, that's gorgeous. <laughs> And the oh, fact that they only chose Diana like and the fact that they chose only Diana and Vanessa to be at the center of that cover around these horrible silhouetted monsters, like looks so fucking cool. I love and that. The, sh- the use of shadows on this cover is just. Oh, crazy. yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, you know what? This might be my favorite cover in the collection. Very. It's it's definitely it's, it's either this or the or 22 the way that the cover comes from. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, so. All right. Uh, OK. Um. I gotta tell you, I don't love this plot line. Um, so uh, a bunch of the gods are together: uh, Zeus and Poseidon and Hades. They're, they're reca- they're, they're, the first page is basically let's recount the creation of the gods from Kronos. Blah blah blah. It's a story that a lot of people have heard, mm-hmm. uh, heard before. Um, and it's basically a lot of this is the gods are still trying to argue. Um, uh, you know, around, you know, where do the gods go when they die? Uh, which is this idea of, could the gods die? Could, um, could, could Diana bring them back? Uh, you know, and, and, or could we form a new Olympus? Which, uh, Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus, who are sort of just our big main three big deities of Greek mythology, uh, join forces, um, uh, and, and use their powers to seal a seal uh, a scroll for golden light, and it is good. Um, it's all kind of set up for basically where this collection is going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's yeah, but I mean, sort, sort of doing the same thing that a lot of the last collection did, where it's just having these like very short scenes in the previous arc to set up the next arc. Yes, you know, um, and it's uh, and it's it's a it's a good scene. Don't get me wrong. It's just. Just, you know, I want to find out about the evil lambs. That's you, it. You you gave us an evil sheep, Perez. Evil sheep. Fucking whatever they are. Or a um, lamb. Lamb, sheep, whatever. It, it's an adorable, fluffy animal that shouldn't be evil. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to see more of them. and that, uh, But here we are. Anyway, uh, Creatures of the Dark is the name of this, uh, name of this story. Um, still uh, inked by Dick Giora, Giordano. G- Giordano, I think. Giordano, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Diana wakes up uh, from her collapse. She's in this uh, in this hospital room. Um, she wakes up around Julia and Vanessa and and Stavros, I believe. Yeah. Um, um, you know, the doctor wants to prescribe something. Diana refuses because she doesn't use drugs. Uh, it's like okay, well then there's nothing else we can do. You just need rest. Uh, you know, and and it's a, there's just this very two panels between Diana and Vanessa. And they're great. Like, they, you know, Vanessa gives her back her tiara and lasso, and they hug. And it's, there's just a lot there in, in just this relationship done very, mm-hmm. very slowly. Diana yeah. finds out um, from Mr. I'm going to, Mr. Theophilus Ven, uh, uh, Ventoris and his nephew Demetrius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Perez is having fun with these names. You can he kind really of is. tell. He really uh, is. Uh, I mean, at least he never does the dick of Man Island thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, a local boy was killed by a wolf, and people are saying that a mage did it. Uh, you know, or a curse did it, which is, you know, it's all superstitious, but it's a stupid myth, says the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, we readers know better. It's not going to be a myth. Um, you know, uh, he offers Diana, you know, um, you know, uh, his library um, so she can learn about the island and Greece in general um, and invites them all over for dinner. Meanwhile, the nurse is listening at the door um, and goes outside to a uh, mysterious man. Um, who declares the Amazon must die. Um, it's like, oh, you will tell the mistress of my loyalty. Angelina, she already knows. You shall be well rewarded. And his eyes are burning red. Um, <laughs> which is, again, just all of the use of red for eyes in this uh, ish, in these couple of issues is just great. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're, they're usually, like, just this completely blank red. Like, there's, yeah, no, like, there's like, no shading or anything on it. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I like it. It's cool. It's meant, it brings out just the inhuman nature. Yeah, um, yeah. A couple um, of lovebirds look on uh, mysteriously, and that just pretends to dangerous things to come. Mm-hmm. So we get some some nice relief of of Diana going uh, to this you know this this home, uh, meeting uh, uh, meeting Julia's parents, uh, who are both delightful. Yeah, like <laughs> they're like everybody's you know grandparents like. They are they argue with each other, but you can tell that it's like you know they love each other because they've been married for like eighty years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, uh, her grand her, her her father asks Diana, "Oh, you, you, you like fishing, don't you? I'll take you fishing <laughs> someday." Uh, 
and it's it's just a, it's just this really sweet scene. Like they're they're making they're going to be making food, um, and uh, they're going to you know, uh, Stavros Stavros and 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 Julia's father going to go out on their boat to fish before dinner a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they they take they take uh, Julia's father out to the car, and um, Stavros sees another one of these uh, these Themyscarian letters on there attached to the windshield i think this uh, is just this is just supposed to be regular greek um, oh is I it think. okay sorry I oh, it, 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 okay interesting yeah I, I recognize the characters but i have no idea what it says because hmm. i don't speak greek i can't imagine you would uh anyway over on the island here uh again mysterious woman is uh is a lot of sh- a lot of shading um yes. a lot of shadows uh, some gratings Yes, so some gratings and and great colors like mm-hmm. a lot. The blues and the purples really make it feel mystical, but also make it feel weird. Like the flash of the skulls under her feet, yeah. Uh, just just the imposing figure of Miklos, um, stand just standing in front of her, um, and, and she is very and this mysterious this mistress is just calling everyone to her. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, we get a very nice scene between Diana and Julia here. Uh, you know, just just discussing uh, discussing Julia's past, um, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, which is it's nice to see more of throughout this this specific couple issues. Yes, um, you know that you know that they, uh, you know that you know she loved her husband. Uh, he, he died sadly. Uh, you know but yeah um over to uh oh yeah over to uh uh what stavros is doing yes which is in, in a small village uh you know where he's 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 you know basically trying to um to confront whoever sent the note which was a death threat mm-hmm. um it's a shame that we don't get it translated um yeah and that the witch on the island will kill her um and that she's been she's been killing people um uh you know it wasn't superstition that killed them mm. and it's again this is all this is inked in black like yeah this feels like a horror film these couple of yeah issues. it's great like, like it would it would just make a really nice like like i don't know just just solo little wonder woman project just yeah, these, someone, couple, these, these like three issues in the middle here they're so someone good. get to the dc animated division and have them just take these couple of issues yeah i, I can see it being a good like hour-long film yeah like like yeah. make it a film um, uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, the next day, uh, Stavros is hanging out with uh, I guess one, one of his students, right? Yeah, uh, I'm not a student, but like I don't know. He I mean, he calls Stavros professor. We haven't yeah. really touched on that though. Yeah, his his basically a student, and you know, uh, Vanessa comes. His student has a gun and is like <laughs> on edge. It's like no, no, no. It's just it's just Vanessa. She's come to use the phone. It's like. It's like, well, we have to let her in. She she won't arouse suspicion. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, Julie and Diana have been brought to a to a mansion um, where the where the li- where the library that Diana was going to do some research in um, is. Um, they're invited inside. Um, they're dressed in these very nice dresses, I guess. Um, uh, as they're invited inside, uh, we. <laughs> 
<laughs> a dead body is brought in. Yeah. Know, as his do. nephew. Yeah, those is... are uh, Demetrios. Um, yes. Demetrios, whatever you say. Um, who, yeah, he's, uh, he's found killed, dead. Killed by rebels. Yes, and... Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Long uh, Green... Uh, the- Theophilus. Theophilus, that's it. Um, he starts to go, like, feral. He, uh, he goes... <laughs> He goes um, feral, and uh, a, he and a bunch of other people start turning into basically were creatures, mm-hmm. um, um, all possessed by this mysterious long fingernailed hand um, uh, that's like watching over them all through this this like pink crystal ball. Um, and that's why you let the slaughter begin. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ju- Julia and Diana begin to make their escape. Uh, they start driving away. Um, but Diana goes back inside. Uh, or no, oh no, as they pass by Stavros's house, it's on fire. Um, and Vanessa's in there, so Diana goes in to try to save her. Uh, she gets Vanessa out of there. Uh, and uh, uh, leaves Vanessa with Julia as she uh, as she goes over to the island where all this trouble is being caused. Um, she's, she's attacked by this like evil, de- demonic, like vulture creature. Yeah, I think it's um, supposed to be almost like an eagle, too. Like, it's... Uh... It's giant, and they find. Uh, um, oh, that's right. Oh, Dan is knocked back down to uh, Vanessa, where we basically get the uh, the in issue uh, realization of the cover, which still looks very nice. A bunch uh, of just horrific were creatures, uh, basically coming, uh, you know, to attack them. Vanessa being the lure kidna- to to kidnap them, uh, and and Diana tries to fight them off, and it is. It is a brutal sequence. Like, mm-hmm. but eventually she is attacked by this red beam that was uh, that we learn was sent by Cersei, who is the surprise, not so surprise villain of this uh, of this story. Um, she's revealed um, half dressed, um, half dressed because with, she's a femme fatale. Basically. I mean, like, I mean, like, like she's drawn like an actual fucking Greek goddess, you know? Like, yeah, like it's well, you know, that's yeah. It works. I mean, she, she is a figure out of Greek myth, so... Yeah, yeah, so so, um, it, so it works, I'd say. So it works. And her yeah. big thing in Greek myth was turning men into pigs. I did not know that. Yeah, it, it, it's in the Odyssey. Oh, wait, no. Wait, yes. Wait, yes, I did know that. <laughs> but yeah. you're gonna hate... You're gonna... You're, so... There's an, epi- there's an episode of Justice League Unlimited where they use Cersei. And she transforms Batman into... Or no, Wonder Woman into a pig. Um, and Batman is out to uh, to save her. And, oh, it's, and, it, and it's great. And it, it somehow ends in Kevin Conroy singing. And it's brilliant. Okay. Um, now I need... I mean, I can, I'm I can watch this show. I'm telling you to watch these fucking shows. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Because that is... I want to hear Kevin Conroy sing now. It's huh. great. It's it's a great scene. Um Anyway, so also also Zatanna's in it, so you know. Oh, that. Ooh, that makes it even more fun. Yeah. So anyway, um, so so we kick off issue what nineteen now. Um, great cover here, um, illustrating Cersei with like Julia and Vanessa and all of them in this uh, in this ball crystal ball. It's ta- it's also taking influence, I think, from the wicked from from the Wizard of Oz just a little bit. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the way, you, you, you're right down to like the way that the lair is sort of drawn. Yeah. Yeah, like I get that. And, you know, the loved ones in the crystal ball. Yeah, um, that's cool. And they refer to her as a witch several times. Anyway, um, so actually this issue opens on, a, I guess, sort of a recount. Um, yes. Yeah, like we don't actually, like the first page here is just a redrawing of the sequence from the last issue. Um, so yeah, so uh, Diana's attacked again. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Julia gets to Vanessa. Um, um, this... Yeah, there is, well, yeah, well, and there's narration over it of, of Julia trying to snap Vanessa out of her, out of her, um, out of her sort of trance. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they meet up with these sort of freedom fighters who are um, uh, who are fighting against the, the what, what's going on in this island. Yeah, basically um, these monsters. Uh, we didn't even comment on it to say to keep Vanessa safe. Vanessa did the whole cir- stay inside the circle of safety that, mm-hmm. that's often which, done in magic, which is the lasso of truth which, in this. The case. lasso of truth, which I think I I love it. It's yeah. Um, and we had a great title for this last issue, The Witch on the Sorry. Island. Um, very great. Very sort of like classic horror. I really like that. A different um, inker this time. You too. know, that, that's what I would call this overall story, The Witch on the Island. The I like witch, that. Wonder Woman, The Witch on the Island. Make it. Yeah. Get, someone, someone called. Oh, I really want to make this now. <laughs> someone <laughs> called Jeff Johns. This is great. This is really great. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Wonder Woman uh, is, uh, is now chained up by Cersei. Um, and... Uh, uh, Cersei is sort of like, sort of like laying out for, uh, what she's done to, uh, to everyone on this island, and Who um, she is, and yeah. Um, um, Wonder Woman begins to try to break free. Um, she kicks away this this creature, this servant creature who looks like a centaur, pretty much. Um, demonic centaur, yeah, that's how I describe that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as she's fighting off these other like servants, uh, Cersei attacks her again. Uh, Diana. Well, Diana's well, still chained. Like Diana is still a badass while oh, yeah. being chained up. I mean, yeah. What, what else would you would you expect? You know. Yes, um, but she's overpowered, um, and is you know going to be sent to the lab, um, and you know, to, uh, you know, and she's basically, Cersei's basically like, I'm going to just basically going to destroy you, and it's going to need all of my, uh, you know, all. Every all of my attention. So she's having all of her minions basically guard their home. Um, that and there's a small chance that she could be rescued. Um, meanwhile, Julia is um, examining um, under a microscope. Uh, 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 I think it's I think it's supposed to be a blood sample um, of from. Uh, from one of the creatures. Um, oh no, it's the scroll that they found. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Julie is, you know, just trying to examine it and decipher it. Um, you know, it, uh, and 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 it got it to Vanessa, got it to Julia. Um, so so she's just trying to um, to uh, basically uh, basically to decipher it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finds out that. Um, you know, there's a way they can save Diana, but not with the scroll, with the twine used to bind it. It is laced with a mystic herb known in legend as moly or molly, which, um, also a drug used on, like, party scenes, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is, Greeks be tripping. True. Uh, but yeah, um, <clears throat> meanwhile, um. Uh, uh, Diana is still chained up. She's out in a different room, it seems. Actually, yes, in, she was brought um, to the lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I love, like different like potions and stuff lying around. It's like a fantasy lab, not like a science lab. And I just I love the aesthetic. Yeah, um, Cersei gives her whole like backstory, how she was even like uh, how she came to be and who she is. Uh, yes, uh, how she, she she follows the legacy of Hecate. Mm-hmm. Um, which we also get another dark side appearance here, which is yes. Kind of cool. We also, I think, really see because this would have been see see the Hecate as the three who are one almost. Um, 
in one panel as you know the whole maiden mother and crone which i don't think perez was intending to foreshadow the sandman <laughs> but it's there i mean it's there. I mean, this would have been published around the same time as the sandman now this has been about a i think a year still a year before sandman started publishing because this is still 88 i think yeah oh yeah yeah you're right well no uh, didn't didn't this run start like late 88 87 yeah so but maybe, this is all of maybe, this volume is the 88 issues oh you're right okay yeah yeah so still just a little bit before sandman i mean either way it's there <laughs> there uh and i'm sure i wouldn't be surprised if gaiman had read this because it feels like he could have drawn from it very easily mm. um but yes we we get her backstory uh uh it's it's an interesting backstory uh mm-hmm. For one, um, it's drawing on Greek myths, but not just not just the the story of Circe. Um, I think it's also drawing a bit on uh, Medea, who is the other famous Greek sorceress. Okay. Um, uh, uh, though I'm not as familiar with Medea in general because I have not read that play because um, I have not read a whole lot of Greek plays. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's you know again having another femme fatale who is a match for Diana, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What's, like, what's who, been especially interesting is that, like, all the villains Perez has set up have been a match. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in, in certain cases, you know, like like Ares is more like a, a um, more like a more more of a mental challenge, but like everyone else is like physically able to like take her on head on. Um, and in Cersei's case, she's not like you know like she's not physically strong, but her abilities are, are her abilities are, 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 are what make her physi- are what make her physically stronger. Um, so I like that. Anyway, um, yes, yeah, so we get her whole, whole backstory here. Um, meanwhile, um, <laughs> Julia <laughs> and Stavros have officially joined the resistance. They're fucking packing. Once like... <laughs> again, once again, audience, I will tell you, Julia Capitalis <laughs> deserves to be adapted and deserves to be adapted as able to carry a motherfucking gun. Yes, like she, this is at least this is at least the third gun we different kind of gun we've seen her with. <laughs> she is meeting up with resistance fighters and fight <laughs> doing an onslaught against an army of magical creatures and I'm taking sorry. on taking on a character from Greek myth. Like, <laughs> how the fuck has she it. not been adapted before? I love it. I love that you've attached yourself so much to this character. <laughs> I here's the thing. Here's the thing. How have how has she not just been used in every Wonder Woman comic since? Like, yeah, it's she, it's a mystery. I mean, there are Wonder Woman runs like I like I mean, my mind jumps to the Brian Azarella run, Azarella run where there's like barely any regular human characters, and it's about like the Greek mythology characters. Still, um, if you're gonna do a Wonder Woman run and you're gonna have humans, make Julia character and keep mm-hmm. her a badass. Yeah, uh, this is this is the hill I am dying on. Um, I I, mo- I mostly agree. She she, she deserves <laughs> it. Um, um, but yeah, so uh, Cersei puts Diana in this pool of something. Do they say? Yeah, I don't really say they. I don't just think they like, ever say it's like it's to orange. kill her. It's yeah. to destroy her and yeah. eat her, which is yeah. As uh, as she gets to as she's consumed by this, uh, the resistance members uh, start to break into uh, Cersei's castle. Then, um, well, not castle, but like you know, a lair. Um, it's basically a castle though yeah. like 
Again, this is this is a classic horror movie. And as as Cersei is about to pour the final like drop of what will kill Diana into this orange pool, um, Vanessa shoots. Or no, not Vanessa. Julia shoots the cup out of her hand. <laughs> it explodes and throws the lasso of truth to Diana, so she gets her powers back. And she and breaks he... free, and oh, it's great. And and Julia just straight goes to kill Cersei. <laughs> Julia, yeah. Julia just aims the rifle at, at Cersei, and Diana blocks the shot. Um, because, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you kill her, our whole world will be doomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which, keep in mind, Diana didn't say don't kill Cersei because whatever killing's wrong. No, she said, no, 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 it's only just going to make things worse for us. It <laughs> is going to end the world. <laughs> Which, uh, again... You can do both. I want to continuously repeat this. Like, people, like, say, like, it's, it's either one or the other. Like, you can do badass Diana, who's totally okay with murdering people, and super con- kind and compassionate Diana. Yes. These things are compatible. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so uh, so she sa- saves Cersei. Um, because of this, uh, Cersei has a chance to trap Julia. Uh, but not before, of course. Cersei Theophilus. is called... The what? It's Theophilus who who gra- then grabs Julia from behind. Yes, uh, and um, and then uh, Cersei is 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 pulled away from the battle. Um, she's dragged away. She says, "What do you know?" And then she vanishes. Um, more on that later. So well, yeah. well, we we discover what it is at the end of the page. It we, was Hermes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, you do. It was yeah. a literal Deus Ex Machina. Yep. Well, I but mean, a, it does it does at least get addressed later because Hermes is. It Pretty address, consistently yes. throughout the rest of this uh, collection. Um, anyway, so yeah, so the uh, the Resistance fighters uh, celebrate. Um, they all chant "Hail Diana," um, and uh, we go into our epilogue. So um, Stavros is healing. Um, uh, Julia is calling him. Um, she gets off the phone. They they're at the airport. They're uh, at the airport. They begin to walk away, but not before, of course, Vanessa arrives with horrible news from an um, American newspaper that she's found. Look at the headline, the Daily Times, showbiz shocker, star publicist found slain. Wendy Mayer, body found, body found shot, shot in, in Boston, Boston office. Okay. So. So. So, so, so. George Perez, you bastard. <laughs> so good. You magnificent so bastard. Also, I blame your wife, too, because she helped with the next issue. That's true. That's true. Um, so, uh... On to issue 20, Who Killed Mindy Mayer? Um, and the cover is just like a news, is the front page of a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, it's Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. We have our suspects lined up at the bottom of the cover. This glamour shot of Mindy Mayer and this like almost paparazzi shot. So uh, I'm curious. Um, so you, you know I waxed lyrical about Mindy Mayer last episode. Yes. Um, and I'm sure when you saw this, you're like, okay, well, I don't know why you love this character so much. She's fucking dead with a few appearances under her belt. You know? <laughs> well, I was already kind of liking this character because like, ah, she's fun. Mm-hmm. She's she's cool. And, you know, maybe she gets an arc of becoming a better person. Yeah. And then but... she's fucking dead. Then she's dead, and uh, <laughs> and I I understand how it could be difficult to see why I love this character so much. But after reading this issue, and an issue that comes not long after it, I'm sure it becomes very obvious. Um, so uh, let's get into this. Um, so we open on a very minimal dialogue, first couple pages. Um, D- Diana's hunting down these uh, these thugs down the street. We don't know who they are. Um, 
but Diana's pissed. Um, she goes after them. Uh, she, uh, she, she, this guy uh, pulls out some like ninja knives or whatever. Well, we're in Chinatown, so yeah. um, and she, uh, uh, uh she uh, destroys the knives. Um, this guy's on the run still. She grabs him with the lasso of truth. Um, he, uh, he says, "Please, what do you want?" She goes answers and then we get the title page who killed mindy mayer tales from the front lines by edward in uh in delicado in delicado um, yeah uh chapter eight who killed mindy mayer um very um oh what's the name of the story from return to super or reign of the superman um uh, fuck well, you know what i'm talking about it's, it's the ron troop one um yeah, yeah oh, what's it called fuck uh uh i can't think of what it is now isn't it like uh, like something about Clark Kent, isn't it? No, 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 no. Um, it's like a one-word title, I think. Uh, um, I I don't remember what it's called. But uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, so this is uh, written and illustrated by George Perez, based on an idea by Carol Flynn, who uh, you already called out. This is uh, wife. And uh, finished by Bob Bob McLeod. Uh, McLeod. Uh, I think this is the first McLeod issue. McLeod or McLeod? I, I'm not um, sure. This is the first issue, issue that he inks. And I think um, he inks most of the rest of these issues. Yeah. He's. Um, I think he's the main inker for now. Yeah. Um, so uh, so we find find out how Mindy was found. Uh, she was shot in the head. Um, she was found in her office. Uh, killed. And we are we and a lot of this, the rest of this issue is structured like a chapter in a book, mm-hmm. which very much could have been a bad decision like we talked about it in time passes with the weird lettering we've talked about it um throughout our death and Prince superman episodes whenever we had to talk about um a roger stern issue where things get wordy but here it really is telling the story in addition to the visuals mm-hmm. uh, it'll it very much also just allows the dialogue it, it it doesn't allow the like the actual text and the dialogue to clash mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they, we... they, they work very much side by side. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, so yeah, so Mindy was found slain. Um, uh, oh God, it's just it's 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 a striking visual right from the start because you just see the bottom half of her body, yes. blood on the floor, lying there, just ugh, awful, fucking awful. But yeah, uh, we have some suspects. Um, we have her. We have we have her secretary. Uh, Chrissy, who recognizes Steve London, the art director, who was fired a week ago mm-hmm. from a from a from a sh- uh, from a shot uh, from from a, a police sketch, um, uh, and and we're basically we're really following the de- our, our our detective character, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, uh, Edward and Edward in De- in Delicato, who. As a character, as a point of view character, he's a character we haven't met before. But you already know a lot about him and that he actually cares mm-hmm. um, as he's uncovering this mystery of who killed Mindy Mayer. Um, we find out Steve London couldn't have done it if he was telling the truth in the interview because he didn't even own a gun and it wouldn't get his job back. He just wanted his job back, which is why he, he went and saw Mindy Mayer. Um, uh, he recounts uh, a board meeting that Tuesday uh, mm-hmm. where all the department's head were, uh, and were called in. Really interesting. We see here um, how Mindy is drawn in these 
flashbacks. Um, we see her like not quite as bad as she was in that one scene um, that we mentioned briefly two issues ago. Um, but still, like you see her like slightly more disheveled, um, just not as well put together. Um, as she starts to like uh, starts to like you know like, um, lose her cool with the rest of her staff. Um, I, I think it's just a nice little touch. Yes. It's just the way she's drawn. Uh, we're immediately brought to Skeeter LaRue, who mm. is backing like, oh, he's kind of a bastard. Yeah. Uh, um, and she's she's pissed because they've lost seven percent corporate, seven corporate and 15 individual accounts. And her lawyers have informed her that no less than 153 lawsuits have been filed against us. Mm. And it's. She has a right to be pissed because these charges are attempt to fraud, breach of contract, and embezzlement. A great, and here's a great one: reckless endangerment. <laughs> and I, I, I'm just like, ooh, she's she is not a woman to be reckoned with. Yeah, like, yeah. um, you know, and she is looking essentially for the scapegoat, so she fires Steve, um, and then Jenny Hayes, the woman he was with. Way back in issue, um, way, way, way back in issue, um, 16, 15, 15, 15, yeah, 15, yeah, took it harder. Um, so they went out bar hopping and got super fucking drunk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, meanwhile, in uh, Chinatown at night, uh, Diana goes after this guy here. Um, uh, uh, what is it? Um, Choi Industries, that's right. Um, uh, yeah. 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 So, um, um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah, and she's it, looking it, for Skeeter, Skeeter LaRue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's like, you know, you must find him. Uh, uh, and she's basically just begging. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, his bodyguard. And then to, the, to the point where she uh, she eventually wraps the lasso of truth around him and asks where Skeeter is. Uh, he says, in a small warehouse in Bedford, uh, this is the address. And, um, uh, and then she put, uh, puts him to sleep. Um, and so she flies away. Uh, we go back to our narration then from the uh, d- uh, the, d- the detective. I can speak. Detective. <laughs> to discuss, you know, Denny, to his his interview with Denny Hayes. Um, he basically sets up, uh, you know, Skeeter LaRue, who is a drug dealer. Uh, peddling cocaine. Um and basically using 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 the client list of the company to make his drug deals. And it included Mindy Mayer. And at this point, I'm like, okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, well, let me just go into a little bit of my thought process here. Because this is the 80s, the war on drug is in full swing. Mm-hmm. And so, so you can, can tell immediately, like, from this page alone, like, what, what this issue is going to do. Yes. Um... But so effectively, you know? So effectively. Like, and it never oh, goes preachy, don't do drugs, kids. No, no. I mean, you know, at the same time, you know, it's not wrong in what it's saying, you know? And, no. and that is still what it's saying, you know? It, it doesn't feel very warm. No, it, does, it doesn't feel like it's preaching to you at the same yes. time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we see her and Steve at the bar going over how, you know, the Coke... And the Wonder Woman fiasco made her crazy. Mm, the whole thing with uh, the Wonder Woman fair and the Silver Swan and all that. Yes, all all the thing. Um, this, you know, and apparently it was all secretly to get a new cocaine shipment. 
Mm -hmm. um, and she showed Mindy the papers. Um, and and Mindy lashes out. So, Miss Hayes, what are you after? A pay off? Mr. London's job, perhaps? Um, no, Miss Mayor, that ain't it at all. Isn't not ain't. God <laughs> save me from illiterate artists. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, uh, they, uh, uh, they have a falling out. Um, and uh, uh, she, 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 uh, she sort of, sort of um, Denny starts to spiral a bit more then. Uh, uh, Steve rushes away from her after being told that Mindy was just laughing at basically his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and at the time of the murder, she was still at the bar sick uh, and basically, you know, terrified that she just hanged Steve London. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, and you know, the, the higher ups of the police were, you were sold. Um, but then they decided to do a, uh, do a computer check on Skeeter LaRue. Um, and, you know, they find out he really was a, a sleazebag. Um, turns out he's not Southern. He's from New Jersey. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And also that, you know, you could tell, I, I guess, sort of a comment on on how they were writing his dialogue and how over-enunciated the, the accent was, you know? <laughs> Everything is meant to be just this over-the-top over completely. Mm -hmm. um, and so at this point, when... Wonder Woman gets back from Greece mm -hmm. and basically demands demands to help with the investigation. Mm -hmm. um, um, she, uh, we, she then goes out to that uh, that warehouse that she was told about in Bedford, um, where Skeeter is, you know, uh, you know, surrounded by bodyguards playing cards in all armed and dangerous. Um, he was like, oh, we have, they have to protect Mr. Frosty the Snowman because mm -hmm. of the cocaine, which yeah. is a funny joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They um, sing Frosty the Snowman as they're going to check because they heard a noise. Mm -hmm. The um, singing trails off. Gunfire happens. Uh, Wonder Woman breaks in and goes after Skeeter. Um, um, yeah, uh, so uh, she, goes, she corners him. Uh, continues to um, to tell her story to the uh, detective Delicato. Yes, and who the idea, of course, being you know who killed Mindy Mayer. Um, interestingly, you have uh, you you have Chrissy, her, her secretary, bursting out with the idea that Mindy could have been a smuggler. You incompetent, simple-minded idiots! Mindy Mayer may have been many things, but she was not a smuggler. That's as ludicrous as the idea of Steve killing her. Um, so they need to try to prove Steve London's innocence. Mm -hmm. uh, and Diana is going to use the lasso of truth, which the captain thinks is nuts. Um, but everyone else is like, right, no, you, you've, you've got to do it. You, you've you've got to do it. Um, it's like, it's like, you know, bring in the idea is, you know, bring in Skeeter LaRue. Um, especially, uh, Especially because they find, uh, uh, they find Skeeter Larue over an electric fence. Yes. Um. And so, uh, uh so they ask Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman about what happened. Um, she had interrogated Skeeter. Um, to try uh, try to find out what happened. Um, he was of course dealing cocaine to um 
uh, to Mindy and basically got her addicted. Um, and so uh, uh, they had a fight, they had a falling out. Um, and uh, basically, <laughs> this awful idea comes out. Um, uh, actually, should I wait until the very end? I mean, we're wait until the very end. end. We should, well, she picks up a bottle of booze, slams it over his head. Yeah. And uh. then um, later... Uh. Well, he we're, we're, sh- yeah, he, yeah, he comes back in with a gun and um and shoots her and kills her but she's the way she's drawn here in this moment um she's completely like blacked out you know she doesn't even seem to register that he's there um so yeah so um so in the middle of this interrogation um she uh uh she uh she lets uh oh yeah, that's right these guys break in they start um they're, uh, they're skeeter's men they start shooting skeeter runs away and that's when he like gets to that electric fence and he dies um and so we get start to wrap everything up, and we find out that it wasn't Skeeter in the Brew who killed Mindy Mayer. Yeah, she was already dead when he shot her. She um, had had a massive cerebral hemorrhage before the assault with the rifle. The coroner oh attributed God. it to excessive alcohol and cocaine in her system. Fuck! It's so and so the, the final paragraph just of of the chapter of the book. There were no easy answers to give her. We solved the mystery of who killed Mindy Mayer and learned that it was Mayer herself. The idea of a suicide, even accidental, would never have occurred to an innocent like the princess. At least the hood she, she might help and um, at, at least the hood she might help she she caught she, might she help caught, yeah. might help in springing Steve London, but it seemed almost trivial now. As she soared away into the dawn, I couldn't help but hope we'd meet that we'd meet again, someplace where there was no need for guns and badges. As I closed the folder on the case, I stared at the photos of Diana and of Minnie Mayer, another beautiful bird who just wanted to keep flying higher until she ran out of sky. Oh, God. It is a beautiful ending. So fucking good. Oh, my God. And it isn't the last we'll see of Mindy Mayer. No, no, thankfully. Um, Just, oh, man. We'll see some other things. Uh, yeah. Um, in the meantime, let's go into Wonder Woman number 21. Um, get, a, get a great cover for this one. Um, oh, my God. Oh, so so feels wrong to continue on from that. Anyway. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, so number 21, uh, we open up. Uh, Diana wakes up. Or no, not not Diana. Um, okay. Take the name away. I can't Manalope, remember. Manalope. Manalope. Who is the oracle of the Amazons. Yes. Um, wakes... <laughs> Wakes up in terror, scree- screaming gods. Um, uh, the idea is that I think she was having a, a vision of Morpheus, the god of sleep. Uh, mm. And we have... Which again, <laughs> I mean... Again! Just... <laughs> Very anyway. close to the Sandman being a thing. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, we go over to uh, Wakefield, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Um, we're coming back from the funeral of Mindy Mayer. Um Everyone's very sad, everyone's, of course. Everyone's everyone's really taking taking the death hard. Uh, Vanessa kind of looked up to her, you know, as a strong female figure, and that's kind of shattered because you know she was on drugs and alcohol. Uh, and it's Diana feels partially responsible, and this entire this this just this little scene between Julia and Diana is. Mm-hmm. Another one of those perfect scenes where Perez gets these characters and gets how to make them work. 
mm-hmm. and gets how they interact. Um, and it's really just a minute. Let's decompress the last couple of issues. The last few issues have been heavy and nonstop heaviness. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. And um, we're about to jump jump right back into that. You know, it's yes. uh, it's not going to uh, let up. But yeah, uh, so uh, Pigeon flies in and Diana gets another letter from Themyscira. Um, calling her back calling because her back of again. immediate danger. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, uh, is, you know, very, it's very interesting. What's nice is Diana promises she will come back right to Vanessa. Um, you know, they, they, you know, she swears and we have a, a tearful leaving man's world scene. Um, which just happens again um they're getting shorter though they are they are (laughs) like so um, and and this one feels appropriate especially since you know perez realizes we're decompressing from the fact that we just killed a major recurring character and we've had that whole fight with cersei yeah um Um, but yeah so diana makes her way over to paradise island um she's greeted by her fellow amazons um uh, we they're going to hold a, 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 a grand meeting between pretty much every Amazon on Paradise Island. Um, At the altar Di- of Apollo. And Diana is is to be up there with uh, with Apollota and who's the other one there? Uh, <laughs> I think it's still Manalope, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so they're all up there. Um and, and uh, they've been uh, they've been there there to be contacted by the gods. Um, and they're yeah, they're to, praying um, the gods, praying for strength, mm-hmm. and their and, prayers uh, are answered. And they find the ruin of Olympus. Yes, um, um, D- Diana, Hippolyta, and uh, Manalope are all taken there um, to uh, to commune with the gods. Um, they, they 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 arrive there. They traverse the ruins of Olympus for a while um, until they come across this uh, collection of gods. That can't be all of them, right? That can't. Well, be I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, there are twelve, so yeah, technically, okay. all right. <laughs> but I don't see Ares. Uh, that's true. Well, I guess. I mean, if you do Hestia and Dionysus, are supposed to be there, so I guess that's how you get twelve without yeah. Ares. It's a thing, because uh, the twelve Olympians are is not consistent in mythology because we are looking at you know several sources from several periods of time. There we that's go. besides the point. Um, anyway, so um, so what they basically say is they want to um to create a new home for uh, for the gods, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, basically, because of their experiences with the god of a new god of apocalypse, aka Darkseid, mm-hmm. um, it's it's so interesting because Darkseid doesn't actually show up yet. You feel his presence throughout this mm-hmm. entire thing, yeah. Um, which is just kind of how powerful he is as a character, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, this whole idea is uh, uh, is this idea of Diana and the Amazons. To assist them, um, basically the idea is to try to get the world to worship them again. Um, uh, whereas Hermes is like, you know, tell them that you know Olympus is to be destroyed, um, and an argument breaks out mm-hmm. basically between Hermes and Heracles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this 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 fight is interesting because it's it's all about this idea that you know. The gods need to respect their worshippers um, because, you know, then what need do the worshippers have for the gods? Which is an interesting question, especially since we're in, like, 
this is the DC universe where there's more than one godly pantheon. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you have the new gods, you have the Greek gods, you have, I think you also have the Norse gods, technically. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're all kind of nebulously floating out there, which um, I. Uh, has become more and more of a popular thing for like fantasy settings that deal with myth, deal with myth recently, especially, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, the entire point is that, you know, they're, uh, they are asking, um, essentially to basically for, for Diana to save them essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Diana to be that link between man and the and Amazons the gods. and the gods and all that. Um, uh, again, strengthening like, the whole idea of this as Diana, this is Diana's time as an ambassador. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, so what they do is they sort of, they, they get, they get a vote from the Amazons, you know, do they agree with this idea? Um, and, uh, the, the, uh, the vote is, uh, the vote is of course in favor of, uh, of Diana being their ambassador, uh, between man and, uh, man and the gods, um and so uh and so she uh, begins fulfilling her tasks so um so she is to destroy olympus as it exists right now um and i really like this sequence here you know you you really do see this um what diana is going through in this moment especially in the way it's drawn yeah and it's not done with a lot it's, there's there's very little dialogue mm-hmm. um what dialogue there is is, is essentially from zeus um mm-hmm. and then just the just the omnipresent narrator yeah, uh, and pretty much like the, the only things that Diana says here, right before she starts, she says, "Yes, Lord Zeus," and then as this uh, this what meteor comes crashing down, she says, "Gaia, protect me," and she is to sort of redirect this meteor type thing into Olympus and destroy it, destroy what remains of it, um, and that is that. Uh, she she makes her way back to uh, back to Paradise Island then with um, with Apolita and uh, and Manalope. And that is that. Uh, that's the and, and, and we end with this whole idea of, you know, it's we're building a new world to finally allow man to step foot on Paradise Island. Because technically, technically, no man has stepped foot on Paradise Island yet. Yeah, uh, well... Steve yeah. hasn't technically stepped foot. He crashed. He didn't actually walk. True. So it doesn't count. And Heracles is a god, so that doesn't count either. All right. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we move on. Uh, number to... 22 now, um, which is where the cover of this collection comes from. Very nice cover. Such a great cover. Yeah. Uh, this is Through <laughs> Destiny's Door. Uh, and, you know, this whole idea is, you know, we're going to bring people to, to uh, man to Paradise Island. Um, uh, Hippolytus basically gathered the Amazons. Um, uh, you know, Diana has... Uh, created a, a an official ta- an official tally. Uh, basically, basically, you know, uh, all the Amazons eventually agree. Yes, we will bring man to Paradise Island, mm-hmm. uh, and Diana's the one who will decide who gets to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, gee, I wonder who it's going to be. You know, who it's gonna <laughs> be. well, you know, there are some options. Uh, two big options. Two <laughs> big options. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, uh, I, I I wait I forget I forget what this leads to. What is this page with the? I don't remember. Part. I forget what it leads to. 
<laughs> okay, there's a page here where it says, Meanwhile, uh, space, deep, dark, and infinite, from within the vastness of star-clustered black streaks, a tiny gleaming t- pinpoint, hurtling through the void faster than light, a silvery orb no bigger than a human fist, but pulsing with a raw, blistering energy beyond mortal measure, propelling it uh, propelling it on its long, cir- uh, circuitous, uh, uh, yet, uh, can't speak, uh, yet deliberate course, and... That's that's it. Well, I forget what that is. Is it something that leaves, does it get picked up in, in like volume three? I forget. What is I this leading to? <laughs> I don't think it leads to anything in this volume. I think it just gets this gets dropped in, in the rest of this is uh being mainly focused on That's a lot of issues to drop that from. What is Yeah. That? I forget oh, what wait, that is. Wait, wait. It it, it 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 happens in this issue. Never mind. Okay. Uh, all right. So we, we then have, uh, you know, another another scene, uh, of Themyscira, where uh, mm-hmm. Diana meets with, um, Helene or Helene or however. I, I was just gonna say Helen. <laughs> I think I think it can't. See, here's the thing. Helen in Greek is just Helen, like spelled like we normal would normally would. So like. You have to pronounce the E, I think. Okay. Um, whatever. Uh, and it's this is an Amazon character we really haven't heard of before. Um, mm-hmm. It's mostly just to show that, like you know, not all Amazons feel the same about letting yes. men on their world and whatever. Yes. Um, and, but it's nice. It, you don't <clears throat> feel you don't feel like it's going to become like a war. Between yeah, no, no. It, it's like, more just uh, you know, I disagree with this. I think I think we will. We will lose our way, you know? It's a bit um, of world building. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, um, same thing is with, with the orb. Uh, this, this, this being this, of light lands in front of this guy sleeping in the woods. <laughs> and it takes on his form. Um, and, and that's, that's the end of that. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, catching back up with Vanessa um, at school with Barry and um Barry's and, Barry's a Barry's a dick. Barry's a dick. Uh this is Lucy Spears uh, that he's he's met. This is a new girl. He's a transfer and, um, you know, he's I gotta already fucking say I love I love this one speech bubble when he introduces Vanessa to Lucy and Lucy goes, Hi Vanessa and yeah. Vanessa's the way the sweet speech bubble is drawn with these like icicles coming icicles down. Coming from down. <laughs> I love that. Oh uh, it's like yeah. Hi. <laughs> so yeah this is the uh Barry Vanessa breakup, which you know, I mean, were they ever really a thing? No, they weren't. Everyone called it except Vanessa because yeah. Vanessa was, you know, having a crush. Um, but Eileen is there to support her and be happy. And uh, then we get a nice little scene here because you know Julia has a life, um, and uh, this is uh, Mr. Westlake. Uh, this is a geometry teacher at uh, Vanessa School. And... Initially, they're just discussing Vanessa's geometry exam, mm-hmm. um, and then he begins hitting on her, but yes. like respectfully. I think, but like, it's, it's 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 flirting. It's not well, yeah, but like yeah. you know, not, not like you know. it's not creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly. creepy. Hey, babe, <laughs> like it's not it's not creepy. Typical man trying to pick up random woman. It's it's yeah. just you know two people kind of hitting it off a little bit. Yeah, uh, um, it's like you know, it's like oh, please, Mister Westlake, Westlake, don't apologize if my if my inference is correct. I must say I'm rather flattered. Are you asking me if I date? 
um and uh, once again on how how much i love the way george Perez writes vanessa writes and draws vanessa um we see her her walking in this like completely white panel with just a stop bubble a bunch of scribbles in her head (laughs) it's just it's just the embarrassment oh god my mom might date a (laughs) t-shirt it's so great i love that um and she's wearing like these green sunglasses the whole time and they drive away and it's great yeah we Uh, learned mr westlake's name is horace uh, and they do set up a date and it's nice mm-hmm. and led Julie a date. Let, yeah. let it happen. Yeah. Um, um, meanwhile, um, whatever's going on here, I seriously forget where all this is leading. I like, I, I don't remember what's going on. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the, the, the go ahead. The tell sphere, me, Jacob, where's this all leading? What's going on? I, I, I don't entirely know. The sphere <laughs> is searching for Diana. Um, I think it gets resolved in this issue. I hope so. Uh, Moving on. Uh, Julia and Vanessa are driving home from school. Um, They're stuck in traffic. Vanessa's, you know, just a little... (laughs) She's just pissed. Uh, And Um, Julia is a genuinely good mom. Like, you know what? You don't talk to me about Barry. And that didn't work. And they're interrupted by Dana lifting their their car up and flying them uh, (laughs) home, which... Great image and great timing, um, which I love. Um, and you What's, also see the, the mysterious figure who was, you know, the orb was sucked into him and turned into that guy just watching them. Uh, oh, wait, I know who this is. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're not until the last two issues, right? Yeah, right. Again, okay, that's right. Okay, that I that's that makes sense. I guess I never connected them because I was only reading like, and issue every other day while I was rereading this. So I don't think I immediately connected those two plot points. This whole idea of, you know, he's inducing terror incarnate. Yeah. yeah well, um, also just the way his eyes are drawn here. Yeah. But, and I think the cloaked figure is Hermes, I think. Because that, that, doing... that would make sense. Two meanwhile. Because Hermes is no longer doing anything in the main yes. plot. Uh, anyway, so uh, Diana delivers the good news that uh, she's going to bring Juliet and Vanessa to Paradise but, Island. And they're calling it Themyscira now. Which yeah, I think is an interesting I mean, change. I still like calling it Paradise Island. Yes, I mean they use both, so it's basically the same thing. Um, and of course, you know, they agree. It's like, oh, we're going to do it this weekend. Um, it's like, oh, okay, oh, mom, gee, I guess you'll have to cancel with Mister Westlake, huh? <laughs> it's so <laughs> like I feel kind of validated for Vanessa because it'd be fucking awkward having your mom date a teacher. But also, you know, Julie is allowed the social life. Yeah, she can have a life. Yes. Um, but Diana goes to Hanscom Air Force Base to obviously invite Steve and Etta. Um, and Steve and Etta are currently, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, he, they can't be contacted. Mm-hmm. Um, he started a new job, um, insecurity. Um, did we even talk about the plot line about Steve quitting the Air Force? Uh, we didn't. We didn't. Well, Steve quit the Air Force. Uh, yes. uh, it's it's a very <laughs> nice plot line, but it, it, it doesn't. Well, it's just not, it's not very present. Like, no, it's not prominent. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't get enough scenes where he talks about it. So it's a nice, kind of it's a nice background story. element. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, Diana leaves. Um, meanwhile, once again, the orb is possessing people and being an orb and. Uh, attacking people and that's about it 
uh, and then uh, Diana prepares for the journey to uh, to Temascara. Um, she's, uh, she's gonna bring Julia, uh, uh, Dan- Julia, Julia, and Vanessa, and we end with her telling Julia that I love you, which mm-hmm. I oh, also also Diana about. leaves a message for Stephen Etta. Um, that's about it. It's it's just nice. Yes. Um, but yeah, so um, and we had a great page. Um. Uh, the day she too will be allowed to journey into, through destiny's door and it's just it's really nice um so yeah and that brings us to the wonder woman annual Ew. um so this is the uh i like the cover of this but it's also the back cover of the collection yes yes uh, you know i don't think it would have worked as like a front cover of the collection no no no, no. but there's it's, way it's, too it's much white nice. space yeah yeah um, we get, we get, so we get well a nice showcase that. of characters that have appeared throughout yes. the series and who are here as well um but yeah, uh, we open up the annual on a Brian Boland page. Brian Boland is back. We haven't read anything with Brian Boland art in a really long time since literally the second episode of the podcast. So that's nice. Yes. And this annual is like a, like other annuals. I really like that it's just a bunch of short stories. Mm-hmm. But that, it has a very nice narrative through line. It does. It's, it's very smart. Because um, mm-hmm. I think some annuals that we've covered before Mainly like the Bloodlines one. Stop the plot in their tracks. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I really want to collect all of Bloodlines someday. I just I, I want to like get do. all the individual issues, and I want to and the and the two issue miniseries that it apparently leads to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's what I need. That's what I need to read it all. Um, but yeah, but, so this annual uh, annual's name is Amazons. Uh, we get a nice opening page again drawn by Brian Boland. He'll also do a page later on. Um, and uh, the whole thing is written by George Perez, um, drawn by various artists. Lettered throughout. by Todd Klein. Um, but yeah, uh, and this is an annual, so it has this has two editors, Karen Berger and uh, Art Young. Uh, and we start with the prologue. Um, and it's just uh diana taking vanessa and julia over to themiscara they fly through this like um uh this like uh, massive storm that diana goes through every time julia is fascinated by it. vanessa's terrified um and then they arrive at the royal palace and hippolyta is there to greet them um we see this uh this figure standing towards the back with white hair um that julia thinks to herself that she looks familiar, familiar. Uh, it's a very distinctive design um, and there's basically, you know, a, pray, uh, a parade and praise. Um, th- these couple of pages were drawn by Chris Ma- uh, Marinan and Willie Blyberg. Willie Blyberg being the inker, who mm-hmm. I think is taken over from B- Bob McLeod at this point in the actual Wonder Woman title. Because uh, they keep going through inkers like crazy. They uh, do. <laughs> um, but yeah, we go into part one of the story, uh, The Diving Bird, illustrated by Arthur Adams. Adams. Um, we're basically... There's going to be an Amazonian diving competition. Yes. Um, uh, but Vanessa goes in and dives and does um, a cannonball, um, which I think is is adorable. Like, yeah, it's 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 very sweet. Um, now this character's name is Uboa, I believe. Yes, Uboa. Yes, uh, I got it. Fuck yeah. She, we we saw her in 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 the first volume in those early issues. Um, uh, she uh, and we get a flashback to baby Diana. Yeah, who's uh, who's also who refuses to dive and instead just flies above everyone. <laughs> flies above it. She's which the is... only Amazon that can naturally do that. Yes. Um. um uh, until. Uh, until you know she 
you know, sort of as a child sees Uboa trip the champion, who is the champion diver of the Amazons, and fall into the water. Mm-hmm. And Diana, Diana flies in after her and goes into the water. Um, meets Nereids, who are, you know, uh, sort of water spirits, goddesses of the uh, sea. You know, I fucking love the way this underwater page is drawn. Yes. Like, I love the way little Diana is drawn, uh, drawn underwater. It looks so nice. It's nice. I, I like the designs of the Nereids, too. Because, um, mm-hmm. uh, again, it's a place where the, the artist gets to have their own interpretation because there isn't necessarily, like, visual evidence from, like, primary sources that we have mm-hmm. uh, but then uh diana emerges and sees that ubo is all right and that's diana's little kid lesson and that's that's about it uh we move on uh part two dust uh drawn by john bolton uh so yes yeah, so we go into this one this is not one of my favorite stories in this annual it's all right no. it's all right none of the stories are bad they're they're yeah. all they're all nice they all they all do something to flesh out amazonian culture and history mm-hmm. a little bit uh yeah and I think you need that. Yeah, you really need that, um, just in general. Well, especially because this this collection as a whole has really strayed away from the Amazon plot, and uh, yes, it's, it's it's nice to have this here. Yes, um, but you know, uh, Diana, you know, meets with her mother, who is who is kind of sad, uh, mm-hmm. is just just kind of musing on sad memories of Antiope. Um, and, you know, learning their lessons. Uh, and we get a flashback uh, to uh, to Hippolyta and Antiope, uh, who were... Um, uh, that a, a, a former queen of Lemnos was searching them, uh, searching for them, uh, and searching for their help. Uh, that their... Uh, that their island kingdom... Uh, was essentially uh, this is this is essentially retelling a bit of Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, it's like oh you know uh, you know the, the captain of the Argo came to the island um, and charmed them, uh, which is yeah that's 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 certainly a thing. Um, and you know there was passion for the queen, um, and she was abandoned like so many Greek heroes do. Um, and abandoning her son, uh, and she's she's asking the Amazons, uh, you know, for help. And Antiope, you know, is proudly going to you know conduct her back to her royal throne after she was usurped. Uh, they are then attacked uh, by uh, by a harpy. Uh, the Amazons fight it off. Um, harpies being savages, and they find everyone on Lemnos being basically destroyed. Um, and the queen just dies, and it leaves sort of a mystery as everything's crumbled to dust. Um, uh, you know, and it's 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 quite sad, um, mm. and it's it's quite amusing. On like what could, it's sort of adding a little bit of foreboding of what could happen if when you know man and Amazon actually meet more than just a couple of people that Diana trusts. Trusts. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that brings us into part three, the first statue, illustrated by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Um, we go into this one, um, we get a... Uh, uh, God, who is this? I can't think of who this is. Philippus? Philippus, that's it. Fuck me. That's that's her name. Um, yeah, so uh, they're looking at a statue of uh, Igeria, I believe. Igeria. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, the first um, captain of the guards. Yes. Um, and we, 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 we get her story here. Um, so uh, she was the first captain of the guards. Um, they were attacked one day by a fucking demon skeleton horse thing. Uh, coming from, <laughs> coming from the, the doorway of doom. You know, that, that thing, that di- the whole challenge of the gods thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get some great art here. Um, yeah. But yeah, a, a horse skeleton. I'm 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 curious like what it's trying to reference because I don't think anything with all nah, that that, that's just a mean motherfucker. That's yeah. how it is. <laughs> so it comes out, uh it attacks um uh Igaria, uh eventually uh or no sorry, it, um it attacks it uh, uh they they unleash these like large wooden pillars on it. Um it it's what it seals up the doorway. Um, but Agaria lays down her life in the process, mm-hmm. uh, and basically all the Amazons are vigilant in front of Doom's doorway. Until, mm-hmm. of course, Diana saved the day by completing the challenge of the gods. Yeah. Um, um, and then it ends a nice little scene where Vanessa takes a picture of the of the statue. <laughs> That's uh, cool. Uh, the statue of, of of Diana Rockwell. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, going into part four, into the world, uh, into the world, go forth, uh, drawn by Kurt Swan and Bob McLeod, um, who is uh, inking once again for the story. Yes, and Kurt Kurt Swan is a legendary artist. I associate with Superman, like hmm. like the uh, the eighty years of Superman. Half the stories are like drawn by Kurt Swan. Oh really? Yeah, like a lot of them. You see Kurt Swan, Kurt Swan. Kurt oh cool, Swan. nice. Um, yeah. And we get a little, this story is essentially uh, a little more of Julia's backstory. Yeah, I really like this one. Um, so Going into it... depth on how they met, they yeah. got married, they did archaeology together, which, it's, it's, it's this whole page, but it's, it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I love this. You know, David was an incorrigible punster and wanted to name her Nessie after a Scottish legend we were investigating. Um, we compromised on Vanessa because she found out she was pre- pregnant while they were investigating the Loch Ness monster, mm-hmm. um, which just adds another nice layer to Nessie's room. That yeah. entire thing. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, but meanwhile, in, in the library of uh, of the mascara, um, the uh, the figure that uh, that Julia recognized when they first arrived there enters, and um, uh, and they begin uh, telepathically communicating with yes. each other. Yes. Um, uh, th- this, this woman's name is Pythia. Yes, uh, and Pythia begins to um, to restore this memory in uh, in Julia's mind um, of when Julia uh, f- uh, what is it, w- was with her parents on a boat uh, as, in, like uh, a, as a storm, toddler, and, and... Uh, she fell out into the water, um, was rescued by the Amazons, specifically by Pythia, um, and uh, and brought to Paradise Island, and um, and eventually sent back to her people and and uh, and sent back to her parents and memory um, race. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's all com- everything's connected. Everyone that Diane has met and made friends with is at least a little bit connected to Paradise Island somehow. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know how much I like. If I really like, I think that. I, I think I actually really like that. It's, I mean, it, if it were like she spent like most of her life on Paradise Island and she didn't know, then like that would be an issue. But it's, it wasn't that long. It's yeah, a very, it's a very small part of Julia's life, and I think it's, it's nice to just have that there for a little bit. It's cool. Yes. 
Uh, we move into part five, Flight of the Icarus, uh, drawn by Ross Andrew and George Perez. George Perez. So, there oh. you go. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing what Ross Andrew probably inked this. Probably inked this, except I think in the book's credits, Perez is credited with inking as well. Oh, okay. So hmm. Perez might have just done the inks for this. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the Amazons are around a, a, a campfire, and it's time for, you know, uh diana to narrate a story about steve treasure trevor because yeah um uh, his his mother wants wants to know you know more about you know the son of diana rockwell um but yes uh this uh this uh this story is basically going uh to uh steve examining um a crashed plane uh, which he believes must be sabotaged, but he just has to figure out how. Um, so he eventually, uh, you know, uh, and the, the the plane is called the Icarus, being, you know, a reference to the story of Icarus who flew close to the sun and whose mm-hmm. wax wings melted. Um, and Icarus plummeted to his death. Um, so Steve and Etta... Uh, the next morning, essentially, Steve goes to take the plane out um, as at, at, as at control. And Steve uh, Steve begins, uh, you know, basically uh, basically gets uh, get, the plane is, in fact, sabotaged with Steve in it. Diana appears at air control at a pistol whips the, the guy who sabotaged it uh, as he's trying to run away. Which I think is just a one moment of badassery, <laughs> uh, all implying that you know this was a plan to get uh, to get uh, to get behind to, to you know to get to the bottom of who who destroyed the Icarus. Diana flies up and flies the plane uh, by you know spinning it physically around. Uh, Which is a, re- a really funny visual. <laughs> yeah. While Ed is working to get manual control, it's it's this nice like team building story almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's 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 and it's and it's quick and it's just it's very nice. It's a very nice story to essentially end the Paradise mm-hmm. Island segments on. We ended on a great scene then when um, uh, Vanessa asks everybody to uh, to stand together to get a picture of all the Amazons. And I like that she includes Julia in that picture. Yes. I think that's great. Uh, but we go into the epilogue, which is drawn by Brian Boland and Mark Farmer. So I uh, get another page of Brian Boland art here, which is very nice. This this sequence of the, is probably the best drawn, just because it's mm-hmm. it's Brian Boland. Uh, yeah, uh, and also he was only asked to do two pages, one of which was one complete image. So he was able to dedicate some some very quali- very much quality time to this. Um, uh, but we get one last little story here. Uh, well, I mean, Diana takes. Fitness and Julia away, obviously. Uh, but we get one, one last little story here in the annual called uh, Private Lives Testament. Um, drawn by Perez. Drawn by uh, Perez. And we're essentially giving an epilogue to the Mindy Mayer story. Uh, we're called to um, to uh, to read off, read off uh, Mindy Mayer's will. Um, or in this case, uh, she has filmed her will. Uh, and has been, I, I love how she opens... Mm-hmm. Hello, darlings. Well, it looks like like I didn't make it to fifty after all. No, me, I probably died during uh, during one hell of a party with some gorgeous hunk of man flesh. Oh my god! Just I just Which, oh, I love this character. It's I love this cruelly character. ironic. It's so cruelly ironic. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Uh, so this tape is strictly between me and you, my precious family and closest, dearest friends. Um, and it's basically who's, uh, you know, who's she going to give? We learn about her uh, Lily, her sweet little sister. Um, you know, my sweet self-sacrificing little sister. You were Papa's perfect little daughter. Cooking, cleaning, ironing. And you were always quick to remind Papa how, uh, of how lazy and self-centered I was. A sorry excuse for a Jewish daughter. Yes, Lily, I admit I was jealous of all of, of Papa's affections for you, but I couldn't pay the price you were, you were paying. Besides, you didn't fool me. You wanted out as badly as I did. That's why you married Erwin so young, to escape, ha. Huh? Some escape, five obnoxious brats, brats and a boorish husband. And she gives her sister, uh, you know, uh, $500,000 on one condition, that you and Erwin move back to Chicago to be with Papa. And it's just this twisted almost punishment in her will um for Which those is so in character for, such for those who wronged her you 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 Perez makes you feel for her though like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah definitely um yeah uh, uh and what's uh like because then the next thing you because uh, president basically pulls a trick because you think oh the rest of this is going to be a bunch of things with a bunch of twists but the next thing is she gives Chrissy, her sec- secretary, uh, you know, thanks for being more than a secretary, being her conscience. I can't think of a better person to inherit the controlling shares of mayor publicists. Give yourself a raise, Miss Fenton. You've earned it. Like, it's just this amazing act of kindness to actual mm-hmm. good, the good people around her that she, that despite the act, she really cared. Because um, then we get to her brother. Yeah. Uh, who is revealed to be gay. Um, mm-hmm. Something that is, and, and Perez is something beautifully progressive for 1988. Mindy could give him the world, but because he asked for it, because um, he didn't want anything but the love of his family, she gives him nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's not because... It's not because of anything, any malice. It's a it's, Perez writes it to be this genuine brother sister bond, and yeah, this genuine yeah. care, and probably the only genuine bond that Mindy had within her family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then we get the final bit of her will, which is the best bit. Um, Princess Diana, out of all my clients, I've never uh, I've never known uh, one whose respect I value more than yours. I hope that my contribution to the Wonder Woman Foundation can help in earning uh, that respect, and that it will con- uh, convince you to honor this last request. To take this gaudy urn, which, when you get it, should be filled with my ashes, and scatter them in the waters around Paradise Island. And that's and how it ends. That's um, how it ends. She goes and does it. Um, and oh, man. It's, oh, it's, it's, so it's a beautiful um, ending on this character. And uh, to finish off the will, uh, Mindy says this. Uh, Diana, uh, in, the, in this make-believe laminated business of mine, finding true innocence is rare. Um, uh, true is rare. Uh, true honesty, even rarer, and true love, nearly impossible. Yet you've known it all your life. All the happiness, uh, happiness I've ever clawed and fought for, you were simply born into on that wonderful paradise island. But I wouldn't give to know uh, that kind of feeling. To be part of a world of innocence, honesty, and unequivocal love. To be truly happy, God, what I wouldn't give for that. And oh my God! <laughs> Surprisingly, uh, that's not where. The volume ends. We still yeah. have. Yeah, uh, I w- I would really like it to end there because it feels it's, like it should. It feels um, like it should, but also you have dangling plot threads in the actual 
issues. So I, I get why it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I really would like to end the discussion there. I really, really would, because that's gorgeous. Um, but we get, we have two issues left. Uh, Wonder Woman 23. Look how nice and happy Hermes looks Jesus. on this cover. <laughs> but we open um, with this image of Diana and, Hipp- and Hippolyta on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> and Vanessa becoming a celebrity at school. And I, I, I like that Vanessa's allowed to be kind of mean about it. About Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah well especially because you do feel like kind of bad for her in that teenager way you know yeah. when it comes to barry and everything you know i think she's, she 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 kind of deserves that she and she's also just all it's she's written as a normal teenager like yeah exactly she's yeah. allowed to be flawed and she's allowed to fuck up but she, she never fucks up so hard that it's like unforgivable yeah um yeah, yeah. um but yeah um uh, meanwhile, we catch back up with the guy that was uh, was duplica- duplicated by an orb back in the yes. previous issue. <laughs> um, um, he's reading a newspaper of Wonder Woman. The guy at the newsstand pulls it out of his hands and rips it up because, you know, he won't pay for it. Um, so the guy just, you know, takes care of him, uh, punches this, this guy on his back. I apologize for that, but he shouldn't have. Please, woman, if your obese spouse is hurt, I will gladly... He's accused of being a thief. He then coughs up coins to pay for it. Um, <laughs> and he's approached by a police officer. And he just basically blows up and vanishes. And we get with, the title. With, with a really fun title page in the explosion um, that says A God Among Men. And I just, I think that's fun. Um, also, uh, inks in this are done by Will Bliber. Bliber. Um, so then we see, you know, a special news bulletin basically catching us up. With how Diana's being an af- ambassador, the news mm-hmm. eating it up. And I I really like it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a really smart way to do it. Um, and then she notices yeah. a cloaked figure uh, in the crowd who she who she must chase. You know, uh, you know what I just randomly thought looking at that uh, that whole news report couple page uh, panel uh, page of panels? Um, I don't think we'd have scenes like that if not for the Dark Knight Returns. I don't know why I thought that, but I Probably really Probably not. I like, really don't think scenes like that would exist if not for the Dark Knight Returns, which And the way Perez I, uses it is really just really good at quickly getting the information across. Yeah, yeah. I I know we rag on Frank Miller a lot, but I just I don't know. I think I feel like that's such a unique part of comics today that at the very least its inception would have been held off if, yes. if Miller hadn't done it in Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Well, it's, it's one of the best parts of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, I love those those news bulletin things. Yes. Anyway, um, but yeah, so uh, and Diana's doing that interview. She sees the hooded figure. She uh, go um, chases it, him, chases through him, town, flies through the sky, mm-hmm. and it's and, Hermes. Uh, Hermes, um, who's nice to see here. Um, but he doesn't. Uh, but he's not. Uh, he doesn't seem in the best of spirits. Actually, he's, um, here. he's here to aid her in her mission. In her mission of you know. Uh, proselytization. He rains coins down on down on the people, um, and it's basically trying to buy people's worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think an idea that I think Patty Jenkins takes in Wonder Woman 1984, at least a little bit. There's a yeah. little bit of inspiration from this. Yeah, I'd agree with. Yeah, um, and Diana reacts. You know, naturally, she's like, um, "You're resorting to bribery." You know, like, <laughs> yes. what, what is that? Um, but yeah, so uh, Hermes leaves. Um, we get uh, some more. Some, uh, oh, go ahead. some thieves, you know, uh, stole this giant twenty-pound bag of gold and diamonds. Um, 
And then Hermes appears in the bag and, you know, you know, as, as the god of thieves, I appreciate your efforts, crude and amateurish as they are, but advise the, be advised, though, that, th- that true thievery is an entrapment best left to the professionals. Those experts should know, know better than to steal from me. Um, so he, he slams their car, um, and we basically see another sequence of news bulletins of Diana and Hermes healing the sick and gathering worshippers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Vanessa becomes enamored with Hermes because, <laughs> like, Vanessa, you are such a teenager. I, I, I just love that continuous trend of, uh, uh, of Vanessa latching onto trends, you know? It's just, okay, yes. what, is, what, is, what is the new popular Greek thing? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Hermes then and Diana then visit the Capitalises. Vanessa fangirls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Julia sends her away. And Julia becomes the voice of reason. And mm-hmm. has the balls to stand up to a literal god. Yeah. Once again, Julia's a badass. <laughs> we love her. Uh, like, um, like, like Hermes is like, oh, it's, it's, not, it's not Hermes, my child. It's Lord Hermes. And then later in the scene, I'm sorry, Diana, but it's, I'm not flattered by Lord Hermes' assertions that, uh, that faith is chattel, uh, which we humans would be readily sell to the highest bidder. Bitter. And it's Professor Lord Hermes, not woman. <laughs> which is just, it's so a good. sting. I love it. Um, and, and, and Julia holds her own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, meanwhile, uh, uh, Hermes takes Diana away. Um, it, the- it causes a rift between Julia and Vanessa. Mm-hmm. But not a rift that can't be healed. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, uh, Vanessa goes on, or no, Vanessa, um, Julia goes on her date uh, with, uh, with with Mr. Wakefield, or sorry, Horace. Um, Horace, which, <laughs> and the date's kind of adorable. Yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, I like them. Um, but uh, uh, He suggests uh, they the... have a second fishing date. Yeah. And they're distracted by, you know, a glow from above, Hermes and Diana. Uh, 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 and Hermes basically wants to rule them over, but Diana starts to come to her senses that, you know, she's not a god and she is one of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, it, it's a shame we don't get more time to explore the power dynamic. Yeah, there, I, mean, power I mean, this whole issue is kind of dedicated to it, so yeah. I yeah, think it's we, enough. It's it's enough. It's, it's good. Um, but, yeah... Uh, Hermes is then approached by someone speaking classical Greek, uh, uh, you know, whose father, whose, whose family has been asking for the living strength. And she she asks, she asks, uh, her, her name is Yuri, um, which, as someone who studied Greek mythology, I could see the twist that was coming. At least oh, I, okay. had, I had a guess. I'm like, are we, is Perez doing this? I hope he is. Because one, that takes a lot of research because it's, it's a thing that doesn't get talked about as much. So uh, I don't know what this thing is. Uh, so she's a gorgon. Uh, uh, well, okay. So, well, well, so, yeah, but I mean, like, like, uh, like what you're referring to, like in in the original Greek mythology, the fact, like, like the fact that Medusa had two sisters. People, a lot of adaptations don't include them, but they should. Um, so yeah. That's how they're. I mean, for we've it. established well enough throughout these these twenty four twenty five issues that you know Perez has done his research, and I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hermes goes to cure her father, who is this decrepit old man who is not worthy. Um, has him um, 
grab his caduceus, which has always been sort of a symbol of, oddly a symbol of medicine, despite Hermes not being associated with medicine. Mm. Um, I think it's part of a thing of involving also travelers and hospitality, then merging his concepts as history goes on. It's an interesting thing. Conversation for another day. But he grabs where the serpents join, and it zaps Hermes of his power. Yes, and uh, and Yuri is revealed as Urail, I believe. Urail, Urail, Urail. It's it's supposed to sound almost like Muriel, I think. Okay, like a little bit. I if it's one of the things, but the uh, one of the other Gorgons. So you know, snakes for hair uh, turns people to stone. Uh, there is also, you know, an assassin of gods come to attack. Uh, uh, Ixion, would, is Ixion the assassin, which I, assassin. I, I don't know if this is from the myths. It might okay. be. Okay. Uh, but we move and, into the uh, final issue. Yeah, the final issue, um, issue 24 of Wonder Woman. Um, and we do kind of give away that um, uh, uh, this one's Phobos, right? Yeah, Phobos. Yes, it's Phobos. Yeah. Uh, but it's been hinted at, you know, it, a mysterious figure instilling fear. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Phobos. Oh, oh, sorry, he is there actually on the second to the last page for like one panel. Like one panel. It's, it's yeah. a big reveal. And we go back, we start by going back to Vanessa in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. Watching basically as everything goes wrong on TV, it loses picture. We see some cops exploring the wreckage. One of them is just instilled, they find one just instilled with fear. Uh, they find that an old building appeared. And we basically find Phobos and Uriel attacking Hermes. Um, and this issue is Combat Zone. Uh, and Hermes is just terrified, like, I, we locked him up. He was in prison mm-hmm. first. How did he escape? Well, you know, the other Olympians, uh, basically, in destroying Olympus, let all sorts of creatures out is the implication. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think that's pretty much going to be a setup for what comes later in the run. It's got to mm. be, right? Yeah, yeah. This definitely gets touched upon more Yeah, later. Yes. Um, but they seal his his sort of sacred symbols, um, and they start to basically inspire panic and fear. And we, I love the way it's laid out, um, mm-hmm. especially on, like, pages four and five of the issue. Four yeah. being all yeah. these smaller panels of just people creating fear. Um, you know, our and then, giant and then five being just the the big portrait of Ixion at the middle holding Hermes, and just everyone more so reacting to it. Um, yeah, it's very it's a very nice setup for it. And all and and then and then Vanessa seeing this runs downstairs to her mother, um, and you know it's this whole idea of you know he's got company, but she just makes her see the horror on screen, um, and and you. And this almost kind of fixes their relationship just because it's like mm-hmm. mother and daughter coming together because, oh, God, there's a threat to the world. Yeah. Um, which I love. I love I love the human element that Perez just includes through the entire run. Um, um, it really works. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Uriel takes uh, Hermes as uh, oh, his, uh, his, his um his helmet and uh and, and spear staff whatever it is it, it's it's called a caduceus it's okay uh, fucking fine whatever it's it's used as a symbol of medicine i don't in fucking the modern care day. i don't fucking care you're right shit okay fuck i don't fucking care um <laughs> anyway so <laughs> um 
So uh, Hermes is trying to break free from Ixion. Um, and Ixion is just being like a kaiju and stomping on the ground. Bullets mm-hmm. aren't affecting it. Great action. A cameraman zooms in for a close-up. We see a destroyed statue very much implied to be a person mm-hmm. who was turned to stone and smashed. Uh, Uriel comes to the camera. Uh, he's like, hello, my pretty. My name is Uriel. What's yours? Fascinating instrument, a video camera. May I see it? Yes, quite fast. Fascinating. Now, Dullard, a big smile. And she turns the the, the, the news person to uh, or sorry, the camera camera woman into uh, into stone. Um, um, Julie is watching all this all this destruction on the screen. Turns off the TV. Just as ACN smashes the newswoman. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Ugh, love it. Um, but yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Diana is. It's just having a good time. She's she's swimming. She doesn't know any of this shit's happening. Um, Hermes and... is able basically to scry to her to to get her caught up to speed. So she flies off. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, uh, we see Edda Candy again. And and Edda and Steve have been surprisingly absent from a lot of this collection. Yes, uh, since they've essentially, you know, left. Um, uh, he she calls in uh, Major Baines, uh, based on the report on the situation um, that's been happening. Um, you know, this is an, an this is basically a giant invasion plan, and we see just terror in the streets, fear and fear and panic. Um, Phobos is ranting like a madman, but Diana ties him up, as you do. Um, she, you know, and and she she basically has done this song and dance before. Mm-hmm. Um, she literally killed his brother. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, she goes after Ixion. Then Ixion is first off holding up a giant ship. Yeah, um, which is it's the idea is that it's 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 a restoration of the USS Frigate Constitution as a monument to the Revolutionary War because this is Boston. Remember, um, true. Which is it's a it's such a nice little detail that you you wouldn't think they could include, but they it's nice that they do it. Yeah. Um, Diana is basically um, told to go get the Caduceus. There's just some amazing amazing action. Um, Perez, Perez, and then the colorist uh, for this issue are are both working hand in hand to make this work. Uh, it's Carl Gafford's doing the coloring, and he's I think he's done coloring for both volumes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's just really good. Like the army's there to keep firing. Um, they're able to. Diane is able to get the Caduceus back to Hermes, um, and Caduceus and Hermes has his basically has his power back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana is able to slam Ixion into a like a literal mountain out in space mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the night sky, and, and uh, Hermes takes Phobos away and basically wraps everything up. Yeah. Uh, and uh then we get a nice little scene here at the end here between uh Diana and Hermes. Um where Oh wait, hang on. Is that not until the very very end? Oh no, no yeah, oh no, sorry, yeah. Um oh, no, you're right. Oh yeah, nice little scene between the two of them here actually. Um where uh where Hermes is like visibly hurt by how he's lost Diana's favor here. Yes, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, especially since, again, it's making up just the dichotomy of man versus God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how Diana is 
that figure between the two of them. Between the two. Um, and, and it's meant to be the linker. Yeah. Uh, and working together, that's how they can get Ixian, uh, you know, destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, so they do, uh, they destroy Ixian. Um, we get a nice little scene at the end here with uh, Julia, Vanessa, and, and Anna coming back home. Uh, and they they all sort of make it up, and Diana apologizes to Julia. And Julia's like, oh, you don't need to apologize. Like, no, I do. I knew he was wrong, yet I let my reverence for him cloud my judgment. Though my though my evidence told me you were right, I couldn't go against the will of my God. Um, considering how uh, uh, um, obdurately I advocated my stance, I couldn't. I can't say I blame you, Julia. Please, if I made you angry, no, sweetie, it wasn't you. In a way, it wasn't even Hermes. It was something else, which unfortunately exacerbated an already tense situation. I guess none of you Amazons, being blessed with an everlasting knowledge, have ever experienced menopause. And. It can seem a little ham-fisted, but I think it's it's done quite well. Um, we learned that uh, Julia is going through menopause, and Diana has vaguely heard of it. She's read about it, um, but is just there to to comfort Julia because she's she's she's, she's Julia's being lot. faced with her own mortality, basically. Yeah, um, um, and so they comfort. Diana's not only there for her, but Julia is also there as always for Diana, and they comfort each yes. other. Um, Vanessa watches on as uh, as crying as, with tears of joy, which again, mm-hmm. they're back together as a family. Yeah, and, and Hermes and Hermes broods outside and flies away. Um, we get a great line at the end here. Um, uh, are you sure Her- Hermes knows that? He must. He's a god. Yes, sweetheart. But remember, even a god can be all, all too human. Um, so that's that. That is that's, where we that's, end. That's Wonder Woman by George Perez, Volume Two. That's the first third of the George Perez Wonder Woman run. Yes, and, uh, not just Volume Two, but uh, the, the first third altogether. What do you think? I loved it. I, I. This is also what the last time Perez draws the art itself, which is kind of sad, but mm-hmm. also it's kind of taking a toll on him. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and at the end of the day, you know, it, it's Perez's stories that he's told with this yes. character that that have really, you know, uh, held these collections together and have and have really made these a really enjoyable experience to read through and talk about. And they're 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 so for, for a nearly six hour discussion altogether. Yes, <laughs> so, I mean, so it's 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 a lot. It's a, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's to, to say that to say that we've enjoyed <laughs> our time covering this is is definitely understatement and understatement. Yes. Um, um, and I, it'll be so much fun when we eventually get to come back to this, and I, as I'm sure we will, we most uh, definitely will. Um, what I what I also just I've loved just overall is. How much of this is just focusing in on character? Mm. Perez wants to make you love these people. Like, I have, I have never heard of a Julia Capitalis. I haven't heard of a lot of these characters. Yeah, but they, they leave such a mark, and they, they really do make you care about each and every single one of them. Um, Perez put a lot of time and effort into these characters and this world that he's created for... Something that the first, you know, we, we talked a lot about the, uh, in these past two collections, like how much this this run crosses over with a bunch of things with Millennium and and uh, and Superman, the various Superman titles. Um, but it still feels very unique and very standalone because it can tell such a tight story despite continually crossing over with the larger DC universe. Honestly, it's one that I, I'd recommend if you're still listening and you haven't read this. Yeah, if you've never gotten into Wonder Woman. Choose this one. It's, yeah, 
Yeah, it's most beautiful. I mean, there, I mean, there are a lot of great Wonder Woman runs out there, yeah. and, and she's definitely a character that people need to delve into more. Um, you see, needs to actually yeah. care about her more. Like, yeah, she she needs to take. I mean, she needs to care about all of its major heroes more, mm-hmm. uh, and and it needs to, it needs to be able to promote these characters and tell interesting stories. Like, I'm sure there are other Wonder Woman ones we, runs we will also read. Uh, yeah, which are which are which are are fabulous and amazing, and probably some that aren't great. Um, but this one is just a perfect introduction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, as we mentioned briefly at the beginning of this, uh, we did also cover some, uh, you, you watched two Wonder Woman films for the first time recently. Uh, the first that you watched was the animated film from 2019, Wonder Woman Woman Bloodlines, Bloodlines, um, which which we've covered a fair few films from that larger universe now. Yes. That's one of the ones towards the very end. I think it's the second to last one in that whole Interesting. Interesting. Um, It stands on its own nicely. It does. It does. It's got a great voice cast. Um, One of the few Wonder Woman adaptations to use the Capitalises. And and I... (laughs) I know. I know. uh, Um, They do Julia a bit dirty. They do... But only, uh, but because, I do only like because, what they only do because of how they want to use Vanessa. I'd say, um, and that is something that does happen with Vanessa's character way down the line, like not in the I, stuff. It's it's way later. I can imagine it happening with Vanessa eventually, mm-hmm. or something similar. Vanessa is a character with a lot of angst. <laughs> yeah, she's she's angst, and I I get it. I I like a lot of the I liked a lot of it. I like the twist villain too, who's behind running the things behind the scenes. I loved most of the voice cast. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, Rosario Dawson is just a really great Diana Prince. Yeah. Like, I love uh, her. Uh, but the the one thing that's kind of sad for me is they kill off Julia right at the beginning. Yeah, and it, it, yeah. it kind I mean, of also runs yeah. the gamut of let's introduce a bunch of Wonder Woman villains and not give them as much time to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does make it does feel nice like like that. Like it does feel almost kind of like an anthology, you know? Yeah, that, 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 that you do see like. Because what it does, because it's so later, so much later on in, in that universe, they take you back to the beginnings of that Wonder Woman, that version of Wonder Woman, and they show like how she became the hero that she is, and how well known she was before Justice League War, which we did also watch way back for Justice League Origin. Origin. Um, uh, so you see that I think I think it's really cool. It's it's, yes, it's a nice aspect. It's a fa- it's it's a nice film. I I recommend it, especially if you like that universe. The voice cast is great. There's mm-hmm. a talking Minotaur called Ferdinand. Yes, um, I think is <laughs> great. Played great. by Michael Dorn. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but then you also watched Wonder Woman 1984. For this. Oh boy. Okay, look, it's not bad. Like it's it really, is... it's like, like it's, it's for some reason it's purported as like one of these awful comic book films on Twitter, and I just don't think it's that bad. It's not. The problem is, is the first one was so good. Like, yeah, yeah. And the bar, Wonder the bar Woman was 1984 set so ridiculously is... high. 1984 isn't necessarily bad. It's just very, very messy. Hmm. Uh, interestingly as a film it's set during the 80s and there are a lot of ideas that it draws from the Perez run uh, mm-hmm. especially it, the whole... in the same way that that Patty Jenkins utilized the World War One setting in, in the first film she utilizes the 80s setting in, in, in a very uh, very smart uh, way in the second one uh, things I absolutely love the color palette it's oh my god very it's gorgeous the, 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 re, the recolored Wonder Woman costume is fucking gorgeous like it's I great. love that um, okay. um Apparently people get annoyed that like, oh, and in, in, in Zack Snyder's Justice League and in Justice League and in Batman v Superman, she was supposed to be laying low. It's like, okay, the internet wasn't a thing. Also, does it matter? Does, it does really that... doesn't matter. Um, um, 
I I mean the the biggest fault of the film is is, is Cheetah um, yes. or or specifically Barbara Minerva. Like honestly, well, like when when she's actually Cheetah, I like the portrayal. It's Barbara um, Minerva that bothers. Now, me. Kristen Wiig is great. She yeah. is acting her heart um, out in every scene, and she has charisma. Yeah. The we problem is, is they we make her. They make her Selena Kyle from Batman Returns. Well, yeah, I say like 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 that's I wouldn't I wouldn't even say necessarily Selena Kyle. It's because that's a, a very different play on that particular comic book movie trope. I would think more to like Jim Carrey's Riddler from Batman Batman Ooh, Forever. That too. That's that... what I would think of. You know, like basically if, they're, if we're they're... talking about that that trope in comic book films or fucking Electro from Amazing Spider Man Two. Oh yeah. Or um, except oh, uh, or 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 the or the bad guy from Iron Man Three. Like except the, if... at least at least they do keep they do make barbara and diana friends and they make the descent kind of slow my big problem mm. is it just doesn't feel like cheetah it yeah. feels like silver swan like i get that I the, get the that. whole like especially because i watched you know bloodlines one night and then 84 the next night i had specifically the whole like idea of vanessa becoming silver swan because of her own insecurities same thing from the perez run like it's that would have worked better and it would have really helped tie into the theme of taking flight and growing as a person, especially if you did an aerial battle. I mean, yeah. you have this golden winged armor for Diana uh, and that, and then there isn't an aerial battle. It's, it's it, the battle is basically on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. I, I also think the whole wishing plot. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's just, it has a, I think it could have been simplified. I think there could have been things that could simplified. But but I do like I like Pedro Pascal though. I, I was I was gonna say like, like on Maxwell Lord. Like I I think that plot that wishing plot is not so much there for Diana though it is used in the whole Steve Trevor thing. Like I think it's there for the Maxwell Lord plot and that and that's where it fucking sells it. You know. Yes. Um, um, and and Pedro Pascal is Pedro Pascal and he's fucking perfect in everything he does. He can do no wrong. He, he's, he's great. He's great. He's really really great. Um. But yeah, in short, Wonder Woman 1984 is good, but it can be better. Um, I'd, say, I'd say it's messy. Um, I'd also argue that I, I like the Chris Pine plot, but I, I I feel like if you, again, instead of doing Barbara Minerva, bring in the Capitalises, I do a, see that. make Vanessa yeah. the villain, have Julia as sort of Wonder Woman's partner and, and shift it that way. Mm-hmm. And made and tighten up. I think the there was also. I bit. think there was also just a, a desire to rush into doing a cheetah plot because cheetah's never been done in live action. Yeah, which so. Yeah, it's just kind of a shame. It's just yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I guess that about does it, doesn't it? That does um, it. Yeah, that was all right. So you're ready to learn what the next episode is, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I had a I I had all a right, couple l- of guesses. Lay, lay out your thought process to me. Go so ahead. my first thought process was okay. So so. I, I initially had to narrow it down to we're either going to be doing The Flash or Green Arrow. They're the two hero, big heroes we haven't really done yet. Um, and these next two episodes are closing out our first year of Fresh Face Comics. It's going to be one of them. I was leaning towards Flash, initially thinking we'd maybe start with like Flash by Jeff Johns for a couple episodes and then lead into Flashpoint. But then I remembered, Joey, you're insane. That's right? true. That, Are that's we doing true. Flashpoint next? So, okay, so I'll say you're... Th- so, okay, so so the idea, of course, being you're right about it, 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 it is a Flash comic. Um, 
because of course the idea is that we've covered solo comics for every one of the big six so far except for flash um but we have covered a lot of flash content though haven't we like we've seen flash and a lot of things that we've done um so I don't think you necessarily need a, a perfect like introduction to the character, but also I think what I think of a good flashpoint introduction, uh, flashpoint <laughs> of a good flash introduction, I'm thinking of, um, you know, a, a, a good solo run that you can be like, okay, well here's you know, an introduction to the character, but you know a fair a fair bit about him already. Um, to be fair, when I thought of this, I was like, man. We've covered a lot of New 52 content already, haven't we? We haven't even seen how it all began. So you are so, correct. We are covering we're going Flashpoint. to see how it all begins. <laughs> we're going to do Flashpoint next time. Um, but again, when I say that we're starting Flash comics, it's not... Keep in mind when I say this, it's not necessarily a Flash comic. You know, Flashpoint, Flashpoint is a DC Universe event. It just happens to focus on Barry Allen, and Barry Allen happens to be the only character there from... Uh, for, from the main DC continuity at the time, um, or only only mainline version of DC continuity there. Um, so yeah, we're doing Flashpoint next time. Um, and then I will say right now that after that we're gonna do the first volume of the New Fifty Two stuff. Okay, so, interesting. So, so yeah, so that so the first volume of the New Fifty Two stuff will be your official start to Flash comics. Uh, Flashpoint is more like a hey, we know the so New we're, 52 we're technically stuff already, but... including one of the crises because this is technically a crisis. That is true. That is true. And it is one of those things that like the Flashpoint story is so far reaching. Like, I don't think you realize how far reaching it is. Like, I know, you know, there's a sequel run going on right now that uh, called Flashpoint Beyond. But there's even more to that. Like, there's stuff that like we've seen like since then, like between Flash and Flashpoint and Flashpoint Beyond, there's still been more continuations of Flashpoint in there. Um, it's it's a very important event that I think you do need to read. Now, okay. one thing I do know is that you saw the animated movie a long time ago, right? A very long time ago. How much I, do you remember of it? I remember, like, the basic premise, and I remember Thomas Wayne as Batman. And that's all you remember? Isn't Professor Zoom in it, too? Like, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of it. I probably saw it very close to like when it came out because it was on Netflix for a I while. Think, I think it came out in 2013. I think that was when that film came out. Yeah, which, so oh like... My, which, oh my god, that came out in 2013. Holy fuck. That's uh, like nearly <laughs> a decade. Jesus, oh my god. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Flashpoint next time. Uh, very exciting. Uh, so that'll be episode 26. Episode 27 will be The Flash Move Forward. Uh, that is the first name, the name of that first volume. Um, so yeah, I guess yeah. that about does it. Um, you can buy Wonder Woman by George Perez Volume 2 in the description below. Uh, I'll leave an Amazon link down there. Same goes for our next reading, Flashpoint by Jeff Johns. You can uh, buy that down there. Also, um, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. I am at Jomo with three underscores. Jacob is at Newt5996. Both those links will be down in the description. You can go check those out. Follow us on Twitter. We have a good time. Also, be on the lookout on our Twitters, because usually a couple of days before we record the podcast, we have a Q&A or just general comments that you want to leave about the podcast or whatever we're covering. Um, you can leave those right down there, and we'll talk about those points on the podcast, as you heard in this episode. So I guess that about does it, right? Anything else? I think we're good, right? I think we're good. We're doing more um, Jeff Johns, too. Doing more Jeff Johns, yes. <laughs> this man has his fingers in so many DC characters. He does. he does. Like, here's the thing. Like, it's not even like a like I'm trying to get you to read Jeff Johns things. It's like, okay, well, here I could start you on this. Oh fuck, it's Jeff Johns. You know, <laughs> like I can't do much about it. Um. So until next time, this has been Joey Morgan and Jacob Licklider. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>